So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Hello and welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. My name's Hunter, and like always, I'm joined by my good, spooky best friend and co-host. What's going on, Matt? Not much. What are we, two? No, well, maybe by the time this posts, almost two months. No, I keep forgetting. It ended in November. We can't possibly be two months removed from the event unless we go in the next year, which has happened in our wrap-up episodes, but not this year. So we're a month and a half removed in some ways at it feels like so long ago and also feels like like practically yesterday it's it's weird how the time shift happens when you come out of horror nights and pretty much jump head first into the holidays like just this is just a big hodgepodge of time and events and when things happen and i the next thing you know the next year starts and i'm bored out of my school yeah yeah now now you're on to something there because it has been a quarter of a year since we last recorded because we did our wow okay you that right. was uh, i want to say mid-september so this is going out as a little bit of a holiday treat for everybody mm. we didn't want you to forget about us we we're, we're carrying on into the new year so we're dropping a little some some for you here long after all of our friends and the colleagues have done their podcast. That way, we've got some some distance. Eh, so we now. not that long. I saw RIP tour did theirs a couple of weeks ago, which is but, but it felt yeah. late for them. Well, that's okay. We are we are the old timers. No, no one will ever know, be later than us. You you can't even try. You'd have to almost go into the next year to be later than us. We, we hold the Usually, record on being late. Yeah, usually we time this with the, uh, what is it, the uh, garden event at Ebcot. Oh, I, I would love to say we, our we seasonal reviews. I'd love to say we strategically time this release. We don't. We just, like I said, it's like you come out of Horror Nights and you jump into the rest of the holidays and you're like, oh, crap, the next announcement's coming soon. We better talk about the last year before it's too late. And who knows? I mean, controversially, I'm kind of hoping that we're heading back towards late spring, summer announcements. So yeah, maybe I, we can talk about that a little bit. That is, it's so, it, I'd love to uh, put my finger on a trend, a recent trend. And this year kind of threw a wrench into the works. And now with Epic and everything else they're doing, coming and going across the freaking country slash world at this point i don't know what that's gonna do to announcement season i know like minions and epic and it feels like there was something else the escape room sort of maybe kind of i've been in the year before i don't remember that fucked up the entire announcement season last year so i don't know what's gonna happen next i i would i'd like it more consolidated i would not mind talking about something for a, a each week for like a good two months and then next two months later, the event's out. That That's the sweet spot for me. But I don't know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, drop the event lineup as we're walking into the gate for the first that, time. That <laughs> I'd love, but I know that's unrealistic. <laughs> it will never just, happen. Just from but... <laughs> just from a marketing standpoint, that's impossible. Even if I were to completely take myself out of as, guard myself as best I could from everything that would say something on social media, it would still be even at that, it'd be impossible not to know what they talk about with the marketing blitz they do, especially for the big announcements. So I, I know that's not going to happen, and I'm not even going to try to do that at this point. I'll just stay out of the out of the stuff that best I can and wait till the official news comes out. Absolutely. But you know what we do have a lot of feelings about? HHN 32. We talked uh, for quite a bit when we did that early season review. That episode was almost two and a half hours long. Was it really? Wow. Yeah, we talked a lot because we were both very positive on the event after about two weeks. And now we're here, you know, we've got a little bit of space from last month, about, you know, about a month and three weeks, month, two weeks, give or take, kind of in that period. And I've been thinking about 32 lately, man. I kind of had that downtime where I'm like, oh, man, I made it through another HHN season. But I've been thinking about it more and more as the weeks have gone by. And I've definitely the stuff that I was positive on. I think I'm actually even nostalgic for at this point already. And the stuff that I didn't like, which we'll talk about as well. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten even a little bit more hyperbolic, like, resentful. Oh man, do I it. hate that stuff now. <laughs> exactly. Menu ride ain't that good. Didn't need to delay your announcements that much. Um, but yes, so in case you didn't know by the title and our long-winded introduction, we are here to finally review and put to rest HHN 32. Matt, you ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. All right, so I think the best place for us to start, we should just kind of talk about our over, overall impressions of the event. How are we feeling after, let's just say, let's just round up. After about two months, we've got a little bit of time away. How, how are your memories of HHN 32? They're, I think they're exclusively, I'm going to say mostly positive, but I think they're exclusively positive. I don't think there was a bad night. I think the worst night, like the worst, the worst thing I can say about the experience was opening night when I decided I didn't need my umbrella. And that was all weather-based that was the worst thing about my entire year of the event was getting soaked like i have never been soaked before ever at that event to the point that it just about ruined my recording gear and that to, to, to pinpoint the weather something that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that that our nights has put together that's a pretty big statement of saying that's the worst thing that happened to me all year yeah, yeah. You and I have talked over the last two years. We've kind of been up and down, not necessarily on the event as a whole, but just kind of, you know, there there were various pieces that weren't quite coming together for us. Like, hey, this is good for underneath the current restrictions that they've got. Hey, this is a good uh, kind of getting the the wind back underneath their wings. And I think you and I both walked away from this event very positive. Not only did we spin the event more together than ever. I mean, you and I pretty much met up i would probably say 75 percent of the nights that we were <laughs> yeah. there yeah. like the 75 percent of the nights that we were both at the event we definitely found each other and we went through our favorites together um and i think that's just a good sign the fact that you know we were so excited to get together and enjoy some of these houses and some of the other aspects of the event really says a lot and i think that this is um uh, i've really been putting a lot of thought into it 
I think this year might be my favorite year we've done so far. Um, it's tough because I need a little bit more distance. Uh, but with me having gone since 25, I used to always say, hey, 26 was just a real <laughs> solid event year. And I stand by that. And even though I definitely have some problems with 32, which are kind of minor, and I'll explain that, uh, you know, just in a little bit. I think 32, I'm thinking really fondly back on five of the houses, and I really like two others. So that's a good spot to be when you're talking about a 10-house lineup. Yeah, um, something you said there made me think of something which now has completely escaped me. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 it has not now. It, it came, well, oh, it did, but it came back. It's it's by far without, I don't think this is even up for discussion or, or, or a debate, I should say, rather. It might be up for discussion. I think, hands down, I don't think there's anyone that's going to um, argue with this unless they just like to argue that it is, it's it's the it's the best year we've had since COVID. And there was always like a, even though by 32, I'd say everything was operationally normal. There was still like that second shoe waiting to drop or something never felt like it clicked. And I think that 31, huh? sorry, you said 32 there. Oh, 31. I'm sorry. 31. 31. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 31. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Just so, popping in in case there was any confusion. I, I, think, I think I was thinking 22 and 30 something at the same time. And combined I figured and that was 31. Yep. Yeah. So 31. I'm sorry. 30. Absolutely. This 31 was on. Even though everything was operationally sort of back to normal, they're just like, I think there was that hesitation to, uh, and so, not, not has, even hesitation. There's just something that was missing that couldn't put your finger on until 32 came along. And there's just, I, th- I think it was, a bigger sense of normalcy. There was more liveliness in the houses outside of the boo holes, if that makes sense. There, yeah. always, everything seemed to be relatively restricted to that. Like you had your people path, your visitor path, and you had the characters on the bull hole. They were finally starting to not meld. Like the characters wouldn't get lost in the crowd, but there was that. There was there was transition points. There was interaction. There was there was that 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 sense of oh this is what was missing these past few years that since it took so long to get to this point you kind of couldn't put your finger on what it was until you finally got it back now beyond that i I would i would agree with you i think it's it's that it's the best since 25 i'm not entirely sure there's much better than it before 21 or uh, after 21 and now before now we're talking now we're talking completely different almost apples and oranges events going that far back But 21 was always one of my favorites, especially for the houses, which is really something to say with it being a majority of original houses. But house lineup, I would put it up against 21 at any day now. I, I would have that argument with anyone that wants to have it. I don't know who would win because really there's no losers <laughs> between those two. But I think that's I think that is that is something I thought early on in this season is that the house lineup was as much fun as I was having in 21. You said something that I think I can spin off there because this is a huge proponent as to why I think 32 was a success. Um, you and I talked about this several times over the season. So did um, a lot of our friends that we went through the event with. And that was just kudos to the cast and crew this year because you could just feel the energy and the excitement right. of the event. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if you guys like all loved each other and had the most amazing cast, or you were just really driven to make the event the best possible thing that they could. But the event was fun. It was actually scary. And for veterans like me and Matt and, you know, a lot of the listeners out there who are normally pretty good with the haunted house thing, 
there were several times during the event year where I had great little scares. Um, and I, I just had such a adrenaline rush going through each one of these houses. You know, we talked a little bit um, when we did our 31 review and I was like, you know, I'm really only going to think back on like five of these houses. And, uh, you know, looking back today in preparation of this episode, I'm like, I guess I kind of remember like two houses fondly of the previous year. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that's saying something, but this year just everything is still so vibrant. It's full high definition in my mind, in my memory. And maybe that will fade just a little bit as time goes on. But the fact that we went to the event and on average, I was doing seven or eight houses a night while with 31, I was showing up and doing maybe three, maybe four houses and then calling it done. That says a lot because I just constantly had the drive and the motivation where I'm like, Ooh, that house is fun. Ooh, that one's great. Ooh, a piece of candy. You know, I was just, <laughs> I was having such a good time, not only with the people that I'm with, which is always, you know, one of the most important parts, but the scare actors and everything about these houses was just so fun. And it kept drawing me back. Normally, there's a little bit of that exhaustion that you hit, especially being local. You know, we just go so often especially if we're spending $800 on frequent fear passes, yeah. you got to make that money's worth. But it was actually exciting to go. And on days when I couldn't like, you know, when I got my mid season cold or whatever, and I'm like, Oh man, I can't go tonight. I was actually disappointed. And I, you know, I wanted to go out and that was a feeling that I hadn't experienced since 29. And it was just really nice to be back in that man. I love HHN attitude. <laughs> That's that is um, a huge point of my enjoyment of the season too is how many times I went. I, 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 there's no comparing how many times I went to how many times I went past in the past two, three years, and it was so easy last year to convince myself not to go. It's like I don't want to fight with the traffic. Okay, I'm not gonna go. I don't want to leave late and you know, work in the morning. Okay, I'm not gonna go. Yep. Now it's like it's. I was like, if I leave at eight, I'm gonna be able to get in the park within a half hour, and I can do all these things till twelve. And if I have a good time, I can push myself to what I'm like. I'm trying to talk myself into leaving by the time I get to the event, which is completely opposite of what I was doing last year. Yeah. And how many nights did we spend together? Because we both got caught in this trap a couple times <laughs> where we showed up and we're like, oh, we've got a we got a heart out. We're going to leave, you know, after an hour or whatever. And then three hours later rolls around. And it's like, well, I guess we might as well close out. <laughs> exactly. Since we're here. Yeah. You, yep. you and I did that several times yeah. this year. Yeah. 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 And it's and nothing has changed for me as far as like responsibilities. I have the same job. I'm working at the yeah. same location. So it's not like, you know, yeah. the excuses I was using for not getting up early or, or not getting enough sleep were completely invalidated this year. So it's like everything I told myself last year was a lie. So yeah, not, yeah. nothing like finding out you fooled yourself for an entire season. But then again, I, I wasn't getting up. I wasn't getting up or going to bed at three in the morning for one more run through Hellblock. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But there were a couple houses that you could motivate me to get out of bed and go do, which we'll talk about in just <laughs> right, a little bit. Yeah. But, um, so overall, very positive on the house lineup, and we're going to dive more into that. You and I, we did talk a little bit on that pre-hype episode about our feelings of the scare zones, and we can dive into that just a little bit. But I think if there is one big thing to take away from 32 is that, and and it seems to be, you know, not everybody agrees, but it seems to be more of a majority than not 
this wasn't a very strong year for scare zones. No. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that as we kind of hit each one. And that is a major thing that I'm hoping to have a little bit of a comeback uh, in this upcoming year. It's, it is a weird subject this year because I don't want to say they were awful, but I also can't say that they were like anything like some of my favorites either. They were just like the, the, the event, and I, this is probably what I said. In fact, I'm sure this is what I said last time I talked about it. The event wouldn't be the same if they weren't there. So I'm glad they're there. But they were. that's it. They were just there. In fact, um, looking at my rankings, I, I was toying with this idea. Apparently, I did this like I, – I did my rankings like two weeks after the event was over. And I did something with the scare zones that I wasn't sure I actually did in the end. But apparently, I did two weeks later because it was fresh in my mind. <laughs> You and I have talked a bunch before about, you know, there's probably a couple people out there that are like, well, it can't be as great of a year if you're saying the scare zones were completely forgettable and you don't remember them. And that's why I want to put out this disclaimer. If this is your first ever episode of Catacombs, there's many different types of HHN fans and Matt and I are hardcore house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So we, we know most people are house people, but there's also a lot of really big scare zone fans. So there's there's Madden, historically only ever been one scare zone that made the event for me that and it was it wasn't even the scare although the scare zone was awesome i mean but it was the yeah. subject matter and that, i mean everyone knows what that is and if you don't know because just listen to it go back and listen until you find it it'll be evident that'll give you a little teaser to <laughs> listen to old episodes go back go yeah. back it was uh it was uh wizard of oz steampunk it was yeah, yeah so it was, yeah, it, was it was yes it was scary tales scream punk when they had that one thing in the middle of the road and six characters that's right <laughs> no seriously though um you and i have talked and i think this is kind of the example i've given before um with the rest of the event the theming the houses that's kind of the cake and the icing too for me scare zones are the delicious little strawberries right on top of the cake i enjoy eating them when they're there but if they're not there it's kind of whatever for me. Um, I do wish that I took away more of an impression of these scare zones. I wish that there was something for me to latch onto there. But uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll talk about scare zones in just a little bit and kind of what we felt was missing. But yeah, scare zones, unfortunately, was kind of the big hang up if there was one as far as the overall look at the event. Well, my, now, my complaint on the first night was the same as my complaint on the last night. There was too much fog and in... in and we kept theorizing that the more people that came through, the more that would be pushed out because of just the the traffic and the amounts of of, of movement. And it never was. And it, you could uh, Jungle of Doom. <laughs> I made a joke our last night, but it wasn't <laughs> really a joke. Our last night, we're going through. We had done our final run through our final out. house, which we'll talk about. And we're walking through Jungle of Doom with, of course, the the park's basically closed down at this point. I'm like, hey, I can finally see in here. And I wasn't really joking. And you're like, oh, come on. I'm like, no, I'm kind of being serious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember. Trust me. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> forgot. It's when they switched on Mariah Carey on the way out of the park. Matt and I are either the best HHN fans or the worst, because this is where we admit to you guys, we did not really check out any sort of supplementary stuff this year. Um, we didn't make it over to the hotel experiences to check that out. I did make it to the Revenge of the Dead Coconut Club. Did you make it up there, Matt? No, not this year. Wish I had, but I did not. It was cool. You know, they had like the Med Mutant and that sort of stuff out there. Um, so, you know, they had live performers and that was neat, but... 
I didn't even make it over to the Peacock Bar. I oh, I barely, did, I, I did. I was oh, you did. I was actually disappointed as a beer fan for that. I figured there'd be something there like worth uh, not well, kind of you know. No, actually, I take it back. I did think with all the hoopla and the whole David Pumpkins thing. Okay, this is gonna have you know one specific beer that's not anywhere else in the park. It was all canned. Like and and the can and the and like the least desirable of the canned beers there. I'm like, oh, that was disappointing. I'm sure the mixed drinks are fine, but I don't do those, so I don't know. I didn't see them. Didn't have a mixed drink this year, at least as far as I can remember. Um, I, <laughs> there was one night I, wanted, and I don't remember it, so it doesn't count. Yeah, when, <laughs> I I did get a couple of lacto coolers, which is nothing <laughs> new. We've had those since 29, yeah. I think, with Ghostbusters. Um, didn't make it over to the Chucky experience at Cabana. I know there was a uh, spooky sunset lounge at Endless Summer. There was a Swizzle Lounge. Um, all of that stuff. We're not here to cover that. We're no. just here to talk about the event itself. And I really think we can't dive into the event. We especially can't talk about Scare Zones without talking about the star of the show getting a new icon in a major way, Dr. Oddfellow. Yes. Now, Matt, you are HHN history extraordinaire. So go ahead. Take it away about Dr. Oddfellow. I, I like this because I, what I wanted was more lore. And I didn't really. And that makes perfect sense, like in hindsight to me. And maybe I'm I, I you always have to fill in gaps with this thing. You're not going to get, you know, the entire treatment and story laid out for you in in, in HHN. It's like the, the days of those websites where it did that are gone. So, um to me, it felt like his origin and pre is like a prequel story to it was like a HHN prequel story stopping before almost we did get like a bit of the Jack lore and his story in the finale ish, the last quarter of the Dr. Oddfellow house. So I really enjoyed that. Like, Oh, I, cause I didn't know where they were going to go there. Were they going to have like, my biggest fear was honestly, and I said this before, this is not going to be news anymore. My, my biggest fear was going to be like uh, being told during the Jack era and then eventually Jack would steal the spotlight because he's it's a fan favorite. I'm glad they didn't do that. They didn't even go into that uh, timeline as part of the timeline as I felt. So it was to me, everything was basically prequel and it stopped right at where we knew. And I really appreciated that. I, I think that was a that was a risk for a long time. Uh, fans, people that really know the lore, and I personally really enjoyed that. It's so interesting that in two major ways this year, maybe a couple more, but at least in my mind, two major ways this year, they went back into the depths of HHN history or Universal Orlando history and made something so new and fresh. Dr. Oddfellow's always been this interesting not quite anecdote, but, you know, very minor kind of side character in the Jack the Clown lore. Somebody that, I don't know about you, Matt, maybe this, maybe Dr. Oddfellow has kept you up in a cold sweat at night for many years, but I've never really given Dr. Oddfellow too much thought. It's like, okay, well, that's part of the backstory of Jack. Um, that's cool. It's just set up for Jack. But the fact that the the art and design team and you know everybody over there went back and they're like hey this is a cool idea for a character why don't we do something with this right and then tying it into the overall hhn lore we are reaching the point hhn lore's always been messy people that are in a tizzy <laughs> about it get over it but like even i've had some questions like okay, well, Dr. Oddfellow controls the Zodiac. How does he tie into fear? And then it seems like we're all of the opinion that 
Dr. Oddfellow works underneath fear now. So, you know, there's always that that mis, uh, messy element whenever you're introducing a new major character. The truth is, it's a Halloween event. I'm there to maybe have a couple <laughs> drinks and have a fun time. Yeah. And this was a very cool figurehead for a new event year, especially considering we kind of thought we were going to get these, uh, you know, quasi icons going forward, like Pumpkin Lord, sort of, you know, that that kind of yeah. figure representing yeah. the event. Uh, we thought it was just Jack from here on out. And it is kind of funny that the next guy they decide to go with is so intrinsically tied to Jack. Right. Like we, yep. we feasibly could be looking at a odd fellow versus Jack here. Uh, which would be pretty cool, uh, but you know, eh, who knows what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But you and I, we, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But um, we, when we get to his house, but you and I were both in agreement that we were both simultaneously amazed and applauding that they did not rely on mm -hmm. Jack the Clown to yep. carry this character. Yep, I honestly thought like that's not, i said it's not what i wanted and it was probably because in my head it's like that's that's just naturally what they're gonna do and when you when the fans latch on to something more than what you intended did they 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 pivot and adjust and i was like well it's i think that house has the potential if if, if what's in it is is afraid is what is what i'm afraid it is it's gonna turn into a jack house before the event's over but like there really was no chance for that to happen, which was great. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And we can talk a little bit more about Dr. Oddfellow when we dive into his house, okay. but we've got a... I will say, for being the icon, clearly the icon of the event and the center of his own scare zone, he had a horrible placement on, on the streets. Well, okay, <laughs> for... For the opening ceremonies, he had a fantastic placement on the streets on top of that trellis is great. But I'm talking about throughout the night, that stage that was tucked away there where, you know, hiding Hello Kitty. That, that was that was <laughs> a terrible placement for the house for the, for his center stage moment yeah. event. What do you Let's want to call it? Do you think Hello Kitty is part of Dr. Oddfellow's monstrosity? How, how can it not be after that? I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> Just like Shrek has been part of HHN. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, let's go ahead and talk about, because Dr. Oddfellow is a prominent feature in each one of the scare zones. So let's just kind of work our way uh, around the park real quick. And let's start with Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror. This is the front lot directly in front of the Today Cafe zone. And I really don't have much more to add besides what you already did. And it's just that he just terrible. It's, it's a point in his life where he just started his collection. That's why it's so small. Yeah, it's a very tiny collection. I wanted to see them. It's like when you say, I'm going to I'm going to start start collecting HHN event maps. And you got like the past two years because you just, just decided last year to start. <laughs> This was, I understand it was out of necessity. You're not too sure what's going on with minions. You took away one of those spots with that, that minion statue. Gross. Um, <laughs> here's the thing though, guys. Um, I really don't think you can repeat this spot again for a scare zone. At least I really hope you don't. I'd love, I'd love to say they can't possibly have, they must've learned their lesson after this, but sometimes it's not, it's not about learning your lesson. It's just how it, how it pans out. I mean, between yeah. between whatever their requirements are to move people and keep things safe, they might not have much of a choice. We'll we'll find out better next year. Or yeah, I was gonna say this year. No, we have not crossed the new year yet. So next year, HHN is an event uh, that's 
you know, it's gotta, it's gotta center itself around what's going on currently in the park. Uh, no example greater than what 2012 when transformers was under construction (laughs) disaster. But, um, anyways, so the, the big problem with collection of horror is it was already a very small zone and it directly basically being connected with dark Zodiac, which was the zone in Hollywood. It just felt like one big extended zone. It really did. And it felt more like a finale. If you came at it from the Mel side of it, then it felt like an introduction if you're going through Oddfellow first and then the Zodiac for me. I think that's what my head cannon ended up making this in the end. Yeah. Yeah. The collection of horror zone almost felt like, we'll see if you're on the same page with me here. The collection of horror zone was almost like a post credit scene (laughs) at the end of the Zodiac. Because Zodiac is such this massive, huge zone that you walk through. so much fog. So much fog, um, not much else. I mean, there's a lot of scare actors. Scare actors were not a problem, uh, but not much else in that zone. Um, but anyways, the collection of horror zone, it should have been almost like a marquee scare zone. And, you know, those entrance zones, they're always tough. You know, even the Pumpkin Lord zone was not all it was cracked up to be. It's it's hard to fit in your big I, I, introduction to the event in a spot like that. Yeah. But I still think a little bit, you know, a couple more degrees of separation there would have gone a long way into establishing the scare zone's personal identity. This also suffered from my expectations being way off because just the idea of it and the name alone and knowing what we knew about Oddfellow even before the event is like, I, I thought this was writing itself out in plain sight to be like a sideshow event. Like remember in 26 where you had those, scattered stage not scattered but like there's kind of alternating there's one on the right then left right left for chance and there are different horrific displays i was expecting something like that but with like gruesome odd oddities on him like that's what it was going to be is like walking through his 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 midway his his sideshow but that is not what we got yeah, I completely agree. It was just overall I you know I think that scare zone itself the props and everything, the stage and everything, it was a good idea, but it was the wrong location. And I understand yes. it was probably something <laughs> done so, out of necessity, I think, but. I think that's exactly what I said when you said, right, when we did our ranking crossover, I put, I put number five, Oddfellow, location, location, location. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Dark Zodiac. We've hit it a little bit, but this whole conceit is that, you know, if Collection of Horror was introducing us to Dr. Oddfellow and setting up the event, this is him journeying into the Zodiac and uh, basically collecting the power of that so he can conjure his monstrosities, get his own power, everything like that. Dark Zodiac, I think, struggled a little bit because I thought it was a pretty big step back from the last two scare zones that have been in there with Eddie at 30 mm-hmm. and then the graveyard theme at 31 really just kind of establishing itself as a heavy hitter yeah. um, for Hollywood. This felt really underwhelming by comparison. It, and then, you know, we've also word. had Vanity Hall. Um, so like, even if not all of those were to taste, it just felt really kind of underwhelming compared to scare zones past. And frankly, I think that comes down to not the scare actors because there was tons of people in there. There just wasn't enough interesting props Mm -hmm. or or things for them to play with to really do anything, you know, to, to make it stand out. Yeah, there it's, it was, 
the 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 Eddie Zone was like a big show. It had a huge center stage. Well, they've they've done that even before that. Vanity Ball had the same thing. There was always like yeah. a huge centerpiece, and then things kind Bucky. of spoke out from that. You know what I mean? It's like a wheel. It's like you had your centerpiece, and then things broke out from that. Even Vamp Fifty Five, it had the float, and things kind of broke out from that. This didn't really. I think it had a larger propped in the middle but it wasn't really doing anything i just remember it being a very uh, weirdly shaped black box i can't tell you anything else about the decorations of it so it seemed like it was missing that central focal point and things to branch off from that this year yeah it's it's a weird one like i've kind of tossed it around in my head is this a concept that might have worked better doing zodiacs as you know, a house doing 12 rooms, each one themed to a different Zodiac sign. That could be cool. Maybe, yeah. I feel, I feel like you would have to drastically retool it from what you have here. And, you know, you would have to kind of make the costume stand out a little bit more. I will say this, great costumes, though. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. made my heavy metal heart pretty happy because, <laughs> you know, there, there was some great, you know, brutal stuff out there. But unfortunately, I just think that it needed a little bit more set dressing to elevate it. And after several really good years of Hollywood kind of being a standout zone, um, this is unfortunately, I think, the worst Hollywood zone we've had in several years. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely if you in a, in a ranking, it'd be low on the list. I, again, I don't want to say any of them were bad because there was one, there weren't any that are bad. I, I always harken back to the first week of <laughs> I'm scary tale screen punk. That was a bad zone. <laughs> this this was not that yeah. kind of disappointment. It's just for like you, I think like you had said, especially twenty twenty five. I hate to keep going back even further to compare things to but 25 kind of reset that zone where it had the the stages with the the yeah. icon shows and it had all the icons and their like secondaries running through the streets when the shows weren't happening and then to go seven years later and get this is like that is not a big step forward if that, i don't even think it's a step forward yeah yeah i think it's time for if you know, this is kind of the direction for what they're doing with Hollywood is just kind of like the big elaborate set dressing mm -hmm. and with a bunch of scare actors in there. I think it's time to change up the formula a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's time for something new. Um, either bring back the stage shows um, the or the kind of the mini stage shows, like you said, for the icons or. I just think you need to go all out with almost, you know, not quite like maze navigation that Graveyard had, but something that makes the zone a little bit more interactive and atmospheric. Um, I don't think you can, you know, just give, I don't, I don't think you can throw 40 scare actors yeah. in there and just kind of call it a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are going to go into Central Park in a second, but I figure this is a good space to bring it up because I often caught them out here. You know, there wasn't a lagoon show. So I think to try to distract me um, from that, this is usually where you could catch the Megan roaming horde. I, oh, really? I think about two or three <laughs> times a night. Yeah, out in front of Mills. This was a pretty popular spot. Uh, you know, San Fran outside of New York was kind of also an area. But did you have a chance to catch the Megans at all, Matt? I saw like the end of it and then like the music stopped and they kind of dispersed. I was like, well... I could wait around here the rest of the night, or I could go do several kick-ass houses. I'm going to go do the houses. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> um, is this where we drop that? That's exactly what we did for Nightmare Fuel this season <laughs> yeah, as well. Pretty much, yeah. 
Nightmare Fuel, it's awesome that you're there. I'm glad you've had, you know, three great years at the event. Um, but I, I'll i be honest with, with you listeners, I did not make time for it this year. There were too many great houses and other things for me to do. Just I did not have the patience to wait in the queue um, to get a good spot for the show. That, was, and I, I, that makes me a bad <laughs> podcast host, I know, but I just I want to be honest and straightforward with you guys. I really enjoyed the houses, and I made that a priority. Sorry. My, that You hit the nail on the head of why I didn't go. I did kind of want to see it. In fact, the friend that I thought was going to want to see it, I it was a weeknight he was here, so I went a little late again. I was like, okay, well, I'll meet you at like 8 o'clock. You know, no big deal. Have, have fun. He had already seen it, so I was like, okay, and then no need to go there. The show... The my desire to spend my time doing things that I was absolutely loved doing completely like it wasn't even a fight. It was like Mike Tyson versus I don't know what's something small and scrawny lioness like in the ring. Like my desire to stand in a line and wait to get into a show that I probably would have liked, but I knew I knew I could take all that time waiting and do like four or five things. All right. That's exaggerating. Two or three, though, is not an exaggeration. Two or three things I knew I was going to love. That one yeah. out big time. I was like, it, and it was all the line. It had nothing to do with not wanting to see it. It's just like, I need to make a decision here. Am I going to spend that time standing here, or am I going to spend this time going through three freaking houses? And there was, there unfortunately was no contest. Exactly. No contest, I will say. So <laughs> I had a little bit of an excuse this season as well. Unfortunately, I was in a, kind of a rough shape <laughs> for a yeah. lot of the event. I, uh, I I, mean, I don't think I told this story. Maybe I did on the um, preview or early review episode, but I actually broke my wrist right before yeah. the season started. So I did not have the patience to, you know, I'm not supporting myself on my wrist or anything like that, but I was already, I had a great time at the event, but there was always the annoyance of that and a little bit of grumpiness. And I just, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go do the things that I know are fun and reliable. And I, you know. From someone that's had plenty of injuries that ache, like the worst thing to do is, is have, is, is to stop. And be able to think about that eight because then it hurts 10 times worse. And in that line, anywhere in that line into that venue, even when it was Bill and Ted, there's not much to do but just be in your own head. So that would have been miserable to stand there that whole time in pain. And Matt, I have a white man ass too, which means there's no support for those hard ass bleachers. So, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a rough situation. But so my problem with these, go, with go any, any show that's ever been there, including Bill and Ted, is I had the dumb idea every time to get a beer before I went in. And when does it finally reach my bladder? By the time I sit down, right as the show starts. Isn't that the truth? Yep. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Um, obviously we didn't have a lagoon show, like I said earlier, um, for obvious reasons, we're really hoping that comes back for, you know, 2024. That's a big part of the event now. And even if all the shows we haven't liked as much as the first go around, I feel like it just adds a certain ambiance where even if I'm not watching the show, there's a fun energy that takes over the event, just having it play as you're walking around the event. And that was something I definitely missed this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had my opinion about the the one last year. I don't even remember what it was called because I disliked it so much. But there is there is kind of a now it feels like there's a dead zone in that area where even even if I didn't like what was going on, this just having sounds and lights and having imagery 
of Halloween that did do something to that area that we didn't know we didn't have until we had it. And now that we don't, it's obviously missing. So I, I agree with you on that, regardless of my thoughts on the last show. HHN, I know you've heard it from others. Matt and I are here to tell you, you need more than one show at this event. And I don't think the Lagoon show, you know, it's a little bit of a capacity eater, but I still think you need another show on top of that. I don't know what the answer to that is, whether that's Rocky Horror, whether that's a Beetlejuice does Bill and Ted style thing. Um, But I went to, and I don't want to make this a comparison episode. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about this at some point on Grim Grinning Hosts, but not on Catacombs. But I went to Knott's for their Halloween event. It was their big 50th anniversary. And they had a major show and two sideshows available. And I feel like any major theme park Halloween offering, you've really got to amp up the show factor, uh, get the Lagoon show back, and then you need to do something with either animal actors. I know Monsters is very small, um, so if you can figure it out, or horror makeup's very small, so if you can figure it out, figure it out. I still think animal actors is the spot, for better or for worse. I would worse, agree, but- yeah. Yeah, you got to do something. You got to get some of these crowds off the streets and into a show. Yeah, because even the nights where it's the, the streets were always crowded. It didn't matter what night it was. Even the Wednesday night where I did like everything 50 times, it felt like there was still a lot more people in the streets than there felt like there should have been compared yeah. to the wait lines in uh, in the um, for the houses and the queue lines. And that's just yep. because, I mean, there's only so much street space. And even when you have a light night and there's nowhere else for them to get out of the street other than getting another line, it just it's always crowded, especially through one particular scare zone. And I'm glad you brought this up because this is the best place to talk about it, I feel. Um, you and I are very fortunate. We've had Express the last couple years. Mm-hmm. This is... Possibly the smoothest express has been for me. <laughs> I had one. Yeah. Sorry, I say I, I'm still laughing at the one problem I had because it was so big of a problem. But other than that, though, yeah, you're right. I'm with you. I'm with you 100. Yeah, you, you and I. I don't know if this is the same one, but I think it was opening night where Yeti completely broke down with Express, and I couldn't make it through. It was um, second night for me that Yeti broke down, and I'm still to this day almost positive. Just by watching the attendant at the end, that the attendant was not was misinformed of which line was which at the end. At, and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm almost Got positive. It. I don't. I don't blame them because I saw what they're doing. It's like that's what all the ex- other express people do. I think someone told them the wrong lines. I, I am. I am 99 sure that's what happened for the first couple of nights with Yeti for yeah, one group yeah. of of uh, attendants. Outside of that, you know, opening weekend snafu, um, I did not have a single problem with Express. Nope, it was it was quite breezy. Um, I don't think I waited even on the longest nights for Last of Us, which probably had my longest Express wait, usually posted anywhere between two to three hours. You know, Last of Us, I think I waited 35 minutes and that was my longest wait, minus that one little hang up. I believe. Let me check that. I believe. Last of okay, now it's not. I thought it was. Last of Us is the house I went through the second least, and that is because like I didn't really go in it much after that first night because of the wait time. And I'm like, if the wait time is three hours, it's gonna be like an hour for express. And I, I don't want to do that yet. I'll wait till like a weeknight. And then the line number never went down. By the time I got later into the season and people are coming to visit me and we're gonna do all the houses again, I was like, I started to realize I was like, wait a minute, express is not. Like this is about as fast as all the other express lines. So I started to go to it more 
once I knew about that. So I kind of cheated myself out of some runs of Last of Us in the beginning based on the standby wait time and fearing how long the express line was going to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, great. I mean, shout out to House Ops, Express Ops. Everybody was awesome this year and really on point. Um, really no complaints whatsoever with that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's actually hit our next scare zone. Let's talk real quick about Jungle of Doom Expedition okay. Horror. <laughs> this has become the meme zone of Catacombs because you and I <laughs> always had a back and forth. I, I still hate this area for scare zone, which is so sad for me to say, because if you go back and listen to me and Quint's early episodes, you hear me go, oh, I love spending time in this area. It's so beautiful. It's the lighting so great. Something's happened since 25 that I hate this area as a scare zone it doesn't matter what's in it i hate traversing it but i will say of all the scare zones once i was able to see things which was did it really didn't see it till like the light nights of the last week of those november nights it was cool it was it was probably the best decorated one of this and it what it had his what i was talking about his prequel story it started here and that's what i really liked about it but besides that i freaking hate this area for scare zone it's too small it's too congested they need to stop using it i've always liked central park i still like central park but i want to talk about jungle of doom specifically just because i knew going in this was my most anticipated the thing i was for sure going to enjoy the most just Uh because i enjoy the jungle aesthetic and we talked about that when we did our big crossover with everybody a couple of us i think duff um was in agreement with me we were just really excited about a jungle aesthetic for a scare zone and they really pulled it off Uh, one of the cool things about central park is they really transformed that area into feeling like a jungle Mm -hmm. and i thought that was a really cool thing because i am keenly aware i'm in a theme park most of the time (laughs) even at hhn you know but all the houses and this scare zone uh, well not all the houses we'll get there but (laughs) A majority of the houses and this scare zone specifically, I did not feel like I was inside Universal Studios, which I literally could walk through blindfolded if I needed to. I felt like I was in the jungle and that was a cool feeling. It was very immersive. And I agree with you when you could see it, which was not often (laughs) because there's so many people and I complained about the fog in Dark Zodiac, well, this had literally as much fog in a much smaller confined space. I, I told this story on our last recording. I'll tell it again. I was talking to you. I was shoulder to shoulder to you. I kept bumping into you because there's so many people in there. Fog machine went off. I couldn't see you. And you couldn't have been any closer to me than you were that night. I think I was actually riding your shoulders. You were. You were on my shoulders yeah. so you could see. So you like could see the, to see the airplane. One, yeah. one of my hunter to see the airplane. Look at the plane. I know you like planes and dinosaurs. <laughs> And then the fog machine went off. I couldn't even see on my shoulders. (laughs) Some great scares from the stilt walker scare actor in here. Some great scares from people that I almost ran into. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) Uh, Jungle of Doom, you are the scare zone that I I can't promise I'm going to think about you all the time. But when I walk (laughs) through Central Park, I'll be like, huh, it was better than Banshees. I, I, is this, is just, this where you're going to say at least I could see Banshees? Uh, yeah. Banshees lighting was fantastic, so I could see that. This one I couldn't see. I saw little red dots that were peering through the fog. That's all I could see. 
Banshees had a spirit Halloween zipline ghost in one of its really? caves. I don't even remember that. About that. <laughs> I don't. Remember, I don't even remember that. No, it's a, that was like that was probably one of the last zones. I think Trick or Treat was probably the very last zone where it was navigatable. I don't know why it's gotten so freaking bad. It's not. It's not like they changed the 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 street. It's not like they 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 rebuilt it three feet less or thinner i don't know why it's gotten so bad these past years but it's it's a nightmare i hate going through that i would go if i could if it made sense if i had the time and i could do something on along the way i would go around that but most of the times i couldn't especially to get the monsters but man i i hate going through there it's it's i dread it that's the only thing that's the i actually think going through that having to go through that scare zone sometimes is actually worse than getting poured on because it was it's just so there's so many people and it's so you just you stop you stop dead it drives me nuts and it's not just this year anyone getting mad at me that loves this scare zone because i'm saying about this year go back and listen the past three years i've been saying this for years you have you have for sure matt unfortunately there was nothing in springfield this year and i will say that was a little that was weird for me i feel like that entire side of the park was completely dead uh, because it was and uh, I think you guys got to bring back the carnies slash yep. clowns in that area. It's too dead without it. I don't know that I missed the visuals of the clowns, but I did miss the sound, like the chainsaw. It just seemed like that was something, like the sound alone was missing. And of course, yeah. I mean, you need someone to run the chainsaws. I'm not sure it'd be the same if you just had it playing on the speakers. But it, yeah, it definitely, the, the, it definitely changed the mood of that zone from past, or uh, not, it's not a zone, of that area from past years for sure, not having them there. And it was really a ghost town over there. Not a lot of people were hanging out in that area. I I guess people were kind of stopping for food, but they weren't really hanging out. And that was a big thing. We, I remember on the final night, we actually shacked up there. (laughs) Yeah, we did. For like 45 minutes and just sat in a corner. And it was weird. It's like, we allowed to do this? Like, are (laughs) we, is the park closed and we're not aware? What's going on? And it it was just a weird feeling because Springfield is usually so full. Yep of traffic and really life or death i guess in this case but yeah <laughs> didn't bother me during Oktoberfest because i don't have to wait at all especially inside inside is there's always exceptions like sometimes there'll be a rush but inside is always tends to be faster than outside of duff gardens this year like i walked up i think to moe's bar like nine out of ten times and was like just t- had my order taken like at the time i put my hands on the counter there were so few people in there this year i've never had an easier time getting a boot right at most yeah right Ooh. yeah matt unfortunately this is probably the most negative i'll be all night and that is talking about shipyard 32 yeah. hearts <laughs> this is the this is Probably in my time of going, I've seen worse scare zones. This is the most forgettable scare zone I think the event has ever had this, in, in my tenure of going. Yeah, I miss I misread what they were gonna do on this too. This is and forgettable's a good word for it. I can tell you the idea of it, but tell me apart from the stilt walking bet, I'm not quite sure I could tell you anyone else in that scare zone. Except a guy there's a guy that was in a hoodie who I like the first night I thought it was just a guy in a hoodie, like a guest. And then, like, the second or third, and I'm like, oh, he's a character. Okay. You know what it felt like to me? It was like, well, we had that mashup in Hellblock last year. We'll just make that a scare zone. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, the, people complain about San Fran. It's too small. It's too crowded. Hellbilly, Invasion, uh, Original Dead Man's Wharf, like, all of that, 
you know, were super elaborate yeah. zones. And yes, it became a traffic jam. I get it. But this was not the way to go about it. This no. is the least interesting zone, like I said, I've ever gone through. And every time I walked through there, it was kind of a, oh, I'm in that weird little scare zone again. Like not even realizing I was heading through it on my way to my next objective, which was usually Darkest Deal or Oddfellow. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was going to be one of my number ones because it had uh, Dead Man's Pier vibes to it but it's that it, it did not reach that heights so that's the the sets were again this is kind of like reminds me of zodiac it was boxes in this case it was it was crates but i mean boxy sets and was there a truck or something i don't know i don't even remember i remember being a truck or van or something i can't even see you know like what? i said i can't remember what was there exactly and there was a crane but there's always a crane somewhere in universal <laughs> they're always working on something that's not special yeah <laughs> Exactly. You know what the zone felt like? Instead of me walking through an area full of scary monsters and creatures, it felt like the scary monsters and creatures trying to navigate their way through <laughs> HHN crowds. Yeah. That's just how it felt to me. And that was a bummer. Um, let's hit our last zone real quick so we can really get into the the meat and potatoes of this episode with the houses. Vamp 69, Summer of Blood. I'm of two opinions here, Matt. I think the scare zone was actually better than my original expectation because i was so over the vamp concept um i think that they really packed it out with actors there were a lot of interesting props little stages it was an interactive zone and i like that on the other hand i think (laughs) this is a very safe zone that feels like oh well we kind of need a surefire hit bring back the vampires and bring back popular music people go nuts for that and it it kind of lacked an interesting identity. It just feels like an HHN scare zone. I I I was I went into it going I'm done with the vampires, and I left it saying I'm done with the vampires. I just didn't with care, man. What's that? I said done with the vampires, and look, the '60s, some incredible tunes. We talked a lot what, about that on the- this set list. Are you kidding me? It's the most, most predictable. Even, this was you cannot tell me yeah. that this was not based after the idea of the Woodstock Festival period, and then to have the Beatles in there and the Beatles for songs that weren't even done in '69. This is no. a, this is a weird set list, and then it, it, Sweet Caroline. Yeah. Come on, it was it was a lot of disappointment yeah. in that regard for sure. <laughs> and the only reason I'm not dwelling on it is because anybody that listened to our season in review that we posted in september we talked about it legit for like yeah. 20 minutes i think <laughs> so go back there if you want to hear more thoughts on the the set list here but generally there's songs that you know when you're traveling with a group everybody knows every song so we're all just kind of sitting there humming and singing under our yeah. breath while we're waiting on somebody to get out of the tribute store or whatever may have you but they could have done a lot more interesting things yes. with this stage setup. I will say it was an improvement over 80, uh, 85. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. Not set yep. list wise though. Yeah. Van no. 85 had yeah. real great songs. I just, it. and this thing, I didn't dislike it. I, I make this sounds like I, I dislike it. I just didn't care anymore. I'm like, I'm, okay, that's, 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 I, I always kind of make fun of them for trying to make lightning strike twice. And it rarely works. Three times is like really pushing your, your limits and it's like i just i it i don't know what they could have done differently to make me love it but i don't know that i went into it not caring and, and left not caring that I, I just said that like six minutes ago 
<laughs> but still, I think it's worth repeating. Yeah. Universal, it is time to bring back scary vampires that are not named Dracula or his <laughs> brides. Uh, dra- uh, vampires are too deep of a concept for you to use them on goofy, not quite parody, but you know, satirical uh, material. You come on, it's been a long time since high. Nothing's, uh, nothing's was- scarier than bloody vampires attacking you to the tune of sugar, sugar. Sugar, sugar. <laughs> I'm looking at the set list now. I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm more mad than I was before. It's yeah, safest <laughs> set list ever made. Yeah, we should. A, yep, there you yeah. go. It was, it was a cover band at a golf resort. Remember the when the Archies opened for Hendrix at Woodstock? <laughs> Let's talk real quick about the tribute store because I feel like we've got to bring it up and the comic book shop, um, McPherson tying it into that legacy with dead exposure, fun little thing. Um, but overall the tribute store, did you feel this was on par with what we've seen previously? Was it a step forward, a step back? Oh, I think on par is a good way to say it because it went different. They, they, they definitely went different, but still pulled it off. I liked it. I, yeah. I had fun looking at all the details and and put, seeing the, I don't know if you call them Easter eggs, but the details that you don't necessarily stand out unless you're looking for them when people post on Twitter. I, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I don't think it was kind of in the top three of the HHN tribute stores they've done so far. I don't even know I that I even... ever thought to rank them, honestly. <laughs> well, episode coming in the next year for you folks. Um, I didn't think it was as strong as HHN Light, and I didn't think it was as strong as uh, 31. I did think it was a bit better than the Dark Ride concept last year, though. So it's in a nice little middle place. Uh, fun, cool theming. I liked it. I like that I got to buy an exclusive. I love exclusive themed merch the comic book was a cool merch item this year and that's the best praise i can give was it better than the 25 store that was the twister corner twister store way back when that had seven items she was beautiful she was young (laughs) full of life yeah all right the moment not only have us two been waiting for is that grammatically correct probably not sure but not only the the big moment that uh, we have been waiting for. That sounds better, Matt. The moment that all of you have been waiting for, let's go ahead and talk about some houses. All right. Uh, Matt, I kind of thought instead of doing it in the normal tour around the park, I thought it might be fun to switch things up a little bit (laughs) and kind of cover them as they got announced. Would you be okay with that? Okay, I could live with that, especially with the first one. Well, (laughs) that was also part of my thinking because it allows us to get... You know, a dud or two out of the way pretty early on, and then we can kind of sprinkle it in with a bunch of stuff we really enjoyed. So let's talk about the Fast and Furious location. Of course, I'm talking about Chucky Ultimate Kill Count. Very early announcement um, last year on Halloween night, closing night of HHN 31. We got the announcement that Chucky, he was making his debut. And again, yeah again (laughs) his debut again (laughs) the sci-fi debut right or however they want to classify it but yes so chucky coming back for the first time in a house capacity in several years though to be fair uh he's shown up on a lot of merch for events he hasn't been (laughs) at no he finally got the return of his house sort of based on the sci-fi series sort of an original thing but the central concept was hey we are building a haunted house or one of horror's beloved icons, in this case, Chucky. He's he's signed off his likeness, and 
the rights to his material and we're going to build a house for him, which is an incredibly fun concept. I am into that idea. I think that's very clever. I even called in to 365 when we were in speculation season said, hey, this is how I would do Chucky if I was going to do Chucky. Almost note for note, not knowing a thing about it. Unfortunately, I think that that concept kind of hindered it because the goofiness that they approached it with was not the problem. It was the house, for lack of a better word, felt the cheapest by a long shot uh, yeah. in comparison to everything else. Cheap's a good word, especially one particular room that just... I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, and I get it. The whole thing is you were building a parody of haunted houses, but yeah. specifically, you. the story is HHN is building a house. Unless you're over on the West Coast, you would not build a house like this, HHN <laughs> Orlando. I, I'm not buying. I'm not Ooh. buying your story. And then Hollywood did this concept better than Orlando did. Yeah. So what is... Yeah, you know, I... I already had approached this house with a little bit of trepidation. Chucky, I like him. He's fine. He's not my favorite slasher icon. Yeah. But I had a big worry that, hey, if they're just stapling a Spencer's doll to the end of a fish pole or a broomstick and sticking them out of a boo hole, that's not going to work for me. And mm -hmm. when Chucky shows up in the house, yeah. that's about what you get. Yeah. And I get it. There's only so many ways you can do it. Not every single room can have one of those really cool puppet animatronic things that was in the opening scene, which is really the whole highlight of the house. Um, if you weren't short on time, I'd say it was worth popping in just to see him. But besides from that, I think overall the house was just uh, pretty disappointing uh, and firmly, you know, we're going to do lists at the end, just rock solid at the bottom mm -hmm. and stayed that way all season. Yeah. I was, when this was announced, I, I famously, I think at this point did my homework for once. I did it for all the houses this year and, Watched both seasons of Chucky and got interested. I was intrigued. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm curious to see what to do with this. And he pulled the rug out from under me. But the pitch for it was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I, that's, I'll that's i go with that. That sounds awesome. I, I went from eager to see it to excited to see it. And, man, did it just not live up. Not only to my expectations, which is one thing, I don't think it lived up to the, like, even though the description is only, like, short-lived it's not you know you don't sit there and you're not pitched the house for 10 minutes it's it's a basically a an ad when they tell you about it it didn't live up to any of the description in my my book it was just not great uh we, we ended up i think we ended up having fun going through it because and post our adjustment of our expectations of it which is there's something to be said about that. We did have fun going through it, but not for the reasons they intended. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. This almost feel felt like this felt like a boardwalk dark ride haunted house, but we were walking through it yeah. instead. So like we all the sitting in little metal carts being pulled like, by a chain. That would have been look, perfect. That would have improved it. I mean, you it know, right? yeah. whip Chucky into shape to pull my little cart through his house, right? But yeah, I just think that unfortunately they were limited with what they could do. And I don't think, I think the concept was so much stronger than what we got here. And frankly, if this is the best you can do with Chucky, once again, him on the end of you know, metal rods or whatever, <laughs> yeah. keep Chucky. I don't want uh, to see him anymore. And then that little hallway of, of like the, the dozen Chucky dolls about eight feet up in the air stapled to the wall. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's like, it reminds yeah. me of you. You gave me this this amazing video of of like three and a half hours of just ha- Halloween stuff. I mean, stuff is like such a bad word to use when you're trying to present a picture, paint a picture of somebody. But there's no other word I can find. And there's a couple homemade haunted house walkthroughs on it, and that room reminded me of every one of those video clips. Yeah, yeah, it. It does feel like, and it makes me genuinely curious if this is the house, you know, every year there's at least one, usually, you know, three that are the corporate synergy house. It makes me wonder if this was something that Comcast wanted to do. So, you know, it was, it was made to happen. And Chucky, it's a shame because he was our representation for classic horror this year, you know, being one of the statesmen of it. Yes, he was. Yep. Didn't think of that. Well, I mean, Universal Monsters excluded, I guess, in that. Yeah, it, monsters excluded. But uh, I mean, look, I had my problems with Texas. Everybody had problems with Halloween. I still really liked it. Whatever. <laughs> um, this was not even close to being on the same level. No, no, this no. was not good. I don't want to use the word bad, but not good. Not my favorite. That's for sure. Yeah. Even hopefully talking to back. what's that? I was just saying. Hopefully, this location, if it does come back can be revitalized in a big way because black phone and freaky was not a terrible house in that spot. uh, I don't think the location hindered it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it did because that break in the middle was fine. There was really nothing wrong with that or jarring about it. And I don't think it's down to location. I think it was the execution of the house. Yeah. But you know, Let's talk about something we might be a little bit more positive about, because if my uh, memory is correct, the next announcement we got several months later where people were almost like, oh, is HHN dead? (laughs) You silly people. Um, Of course, of course it is. Just because we haven't heard anything for months means obviously means it's dead. Can't mean anything else. We got a bunch of dumbass teasers to tie us over and that's a meantime, right? <laughs> but the last of us coming into the second parade warehouse where the weekend was previously, this was a big one and kind of a weird one for me and you because we both approached this one in different ways. I watched the series, you watched the video game yes. walkthrough and we went through together for the first time and we both collectively went, that was good. Yes. My my thing is, I don't think I ever left. That was good. I never really got stronger opinions on it either one way. Some runs were better than others, but overall, it was a consistent house that I am frankly not a big enough fan of the franchise to have strong opinions about either way. I think that is a good way to say it. Uh, everything you said, it, it it was good. I always enjoyed my run through. It probably, I will say this, it probably had like the one character that scared me the most, and I think it was the second bloater. He always seemed like he was gonna hurt me. Like I was like, generally f- afraid of him <laughs> a couple times. Yeah. Um, but it never bloater think, number two. If you're listening yeah. to this, shout out to you because <laughs> if I'm thinking about the same one that Matt is, that is uh, actually somebody we know. So yeah, I think there, it, well, you pointed that out to me, and that's the, the I don't know that it was him every time, but that that character that that bloater was always yeah that always scared me. But it, yeah, it was never it was never past good. Um, but I was always happy to go through it. it and then like I said, I got more runs in it the second half of the year, for lack of a better date, than I did the first half. And I kind of feel like I I um, neglect uh, uh what's oh gosh gosh darn it um I, I did myself a disservice by 
not checking out the line myself and getting more runs of it in. But I was happy with what I got in there. That was fun. I, and and um, got to talk to Tim about it uh, from RIP a couple of times during the season, too, knowing what a big fan of the video game he was of it. So that yeah. was and in fact, in line for it one night, too. So that was cool. Yeah, that weird where you're trying to talk to somebody that's on the other side of the <laughs> yeah, barricade. Right, you, yeah. you you folks know what I'm talking about. You, We've you, all been there. You you put your hand on the barrier so that your arm, your hand still stays in the spot, but the rest of your body's going. So you make it look like you're making the line move, but you're trying to stay as close to them as possible to finish your conversation. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah. There was, you know, so you talked to Tim a lot. I talked to Tim a little bit. Um, my One of my best friends and co-host of Grim Grinning Host, Brad, Last of Us is a major thing for him. And he finally had a chance to check it out towards the end of the season. And unfortunately, this one ended up disappointing him a little bit. And the major reason he said for that was it didn't feel epic enough to feel representative of the game. It felt too small and he wanted to see it expanded. And once again, I didn't play the game, so I couldn't really yeah. reflect on that, but it was disappointing. The super fan ended up having it a bit lower, even though I know he tends to favor the originals anyways, but yeah, reactions for this one were kind of all over the place. Um, some people had it up in the top three. Um, some of us had it at lower. And for me, like I said, a lot of that just comes down to, I am not the super fan. I don't yeah. know a ton about this franchise. I felt it delivered, but uh, actually, shout out to another friend, uh, Gary from pop punk band uh, Pangolin here in the Orlando area. He said that it almost feels like HHN, you know, the they got on the horse a little too early because we've kind of seen similar houses with The Walking Dead and years oh, that's prior. Good point. Yeah. Deeds, Descendants of Destruction. So he felt by the time they actually did the thing in this case you know uh the last of us he felt that it was kind of underwhelming in that regard because we've already seen it before mm. yeah i mean i get i get i can completely get what brad is saying and whatever what other fa fans might be thinking of it because i i was it had a lot of things i expected and this is now okay like you said just to recap this is coming from the perspective of someone that watched a playthrough of it it had a lot of things i expected it to have it had some things i wasn't expecting it to have but i also didn't invest the time and the effort to learn about this world on my own i i really i watched like a very linear beginning to end playthrough of this i didn't walk around for hours at a time looking at things i didn't have my favorite section of the story i didn't have my favorite character scene or moment so i could see how this would let people down if it didn't hammer home something you were really hoping to immerse yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. This, this felt very similar to almost, you know, the other houses they've done in this category. I, I would say like haunting of Hill house is a big one where it's like, if you're into the source material, this is going to go a lot higher for you. If you're not, who knows where it's going to sit. Um, I, I there was it was kind of the big debate of this HHN season was do you like Hollywoods or do you like Orlando's mm -hmm. more gotcha. and you know I can't participate in that I did not attend <laughs> Hollywood's event I will say the Orlando sets were absolutely gorgeous and I think a lot of people owned in on the fact that Joel and Ellie were main characters in the Hollywood house and because of that they overlooked a lot of the at least on video <laughs> laws that I saw of that house so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not here to participate in that, but yeah, the, uh, worth mentioning. But let's talk about one that 
I don't know where you ended up on this actually, because next up was Stranger Things four um, uh, okay. for the announcements. Yeah. Um, better than anticipated, but not particularly memorable <laughs> is where I'm at. Yeah, um, my here's my. I guess my description would be it had everything I thought it would have in it, but not the way I thought they'd have it. Does that make sense? No, because I think <laughs> everybody else feels the exact same way. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because it had um, Dustin and, oh, Christ, what's the guy's name? The the, the, the whole- Eddie. Eddie, thank Eddie. you. I was going to say Eddie. I said, that can't be right. That's a, that's a guy from Halloween Horror Night lore. But they had Dustin <laughs> and Eddie, but no guitars. Um, <laughs> was, they weren't really on top of uh, where I thought they'd be. Um, the the they had the Vecna on the big spider, or is it? Yeah, it's Vecna, right? Am I finally saying it right? Yeah, I kept saying Vecna, his name wrong Vecna. for the whole fucking year. They had him on the big spider web thing, but at eye level, uh, they had the girl whose name I can't remember floating over the grave, but you know, about seven inches over the grave. It's like everything was like, yeah, I knew they'd have that, but I didn't know it was gonna be like that. <laughs> yeah yeah it's um i don't know this house almost feels like i'm a dog and the pretended to throw the ball but it didn't actually leave their hands <laughs> yeah, right yeah. um that's kind of how i felt in general about this one as far as like the pieces were there but instead of being i don't know this was like instead of getting coca-cola i'm getting the piggly wiggly with <laughs> Again, you know, Publix Cola, the Publix Cola. Yeah. And look, I get down with some Dr. Thunder from time to time. <laughs> That's not I, I have loved a good 25 cent cola outside of my Walmart or other grocery environment. However, I, I think you're you're totally right where it's it was predictable. Everything you expected to see was there, but overall just generally underwhelming. And for me, a big part of that is I think everybody watched this season. They're like, oh shit, this is the perfect Stranger Things season mm -hmm. for the event. And this is one of those houses, and I don't mean to besmirch anybody because I know how hard people work on it, but this felt like one of those houses where, you know, maybe the higher-ups were really excited about it, and then everybody else was like, well, we got to crank out another fucking Stranger <laughs> Things. Um, and look, it drove in the crowds, but it also wasn't, as, it was popular but it didn't do the gangbusters, at least wait time wise. I don't know what the, you know, the G set or anything like that is, but it didn't seem to draw the crowds nearly to the same level as the first two go around. Didn't feel like it. Yeah. And the ending was such a, a miss. I was going to say a swing and a miss, but they didn't really acknowledge the ending. It's it, that was, if they did, I did it. it I, I don't remember it. And that was the thing I was yeah. most excited about. I was like, you can really just, you know, walk out of this house with the, and walk into the upside down with just a, some lighting and and the fake snow. Although I mean, it's not snow in Stranger Things, but you use that same mechanics to kind of duplicate that, and it just kind of ignored the ending and just ended it a little short. A huge issue I had with this house was the numerous what I've referred to as shower curtain rooms. That just was I was going to get to that too. That was that was distracting. First time through, I was like, okay, cool, we're. You know, it, it's it's you you notice it, but it's your first run through, so you're taking it all in. But it really didn't take much, if at all, more than the second run for me to go. Man, there's a lot of curtains in here. There's a lot of themed curtains in here, and 
distractingly so just because you can project an element on that projector yeah <laughs> it doesn't add any sort of depth i am keenly aware i am looking at a big shower right on the back of your wall and i get it you can't build out every single thing you've got to kind of take some cuts around it but it just surprises me if you're going to cut anything stranger things is the one that you're going to cut a couple of corners on and look I'm fine with it. If you want to give me incredibly elaborate original houses instead, go for it. But it was interesting that probably, I mean, you know, if, if last of us was the big property, this is right underneath, this is direct support. Um, it just surprised me that this was the house that they decided to kind of cut around a little bit. Yeah. And we, I think we kind of felt like that with the second house, I think, but this seemed to be feel like it, a more but still pulled it off better i'm not even you know sure but if I'm even that second right. house you know i did not like that house that was one of my least favorite houses i think blumhouse beat it out so it wasn't in the bottom <laughs> yeah. spot however there was still the arcade and there was the cabin mm. and there was the starcourt mall i remember why and, and through the school bus i remember all of those sets this is one of the most forgettable uh, houses that they've done set wise. And frankly, um, I guess I got to bring this up before we move forward. Vecna, you should have stayed on TV, buddy. You were so goofy during Halloween Horror Nights, unfortunately. Um, uh, this big, imposing, scary presence ultimately culminated in some little guy sticking out his massive fingers at you. And it, it didn't play up the, the fear factor very well, no. unfortunately. It just didn't translate. Yeah, yeah, it's it was it was okay at best. Yeah. Well, not long after that, Universal announced everything else. They announced <laughs> yeah. three houses, one the previous year on Halloween. So they announced two houses, and then they just dropped everything else. So I'm just gonna go through the list as they're presented here. We got to talk about what kind of was an underdog of the season, and actually ended up pretty much going from everybody's number 10 to all over the place. I've seen some people that had it in the top three. A lot of people had it towards middle of the pack, including me, the exorcist believer. This is one there where there was a lot of trepidation as far as like, we don't know what this is. The right. movie doesn't come out until the events going on. We get it's the exorcist, but how well is the house going to translate? I remember going through opening night and going, well, shit exorcist. Wow. You surprised me. And The Exorcist became one of those houses that, due to it being surrounded by other houses that were, you know, better, but being in proximity to those, I was like, yeah, we'll go do Exorcist. We're right here. Why don't we just go ahead and go in? And I had a fun, spooky time most of the time, 80% <laughs> of the time, because this house, unfortunately... Actors did start to drop uh, as the event went on. And unfortunately, I think this house did not end as well as it started. But for a majority of the run, I did really enjoy Exorcist Believer. I always get worried about houses that are released before movies are because they usually tend to hold back significant things that that you'd end up you wish you would have seen i don't think they did that at all i've not seen the movie yet but just going through the house i'm like okay there's there's a lot in here i did not expect to see that de much detail of especially the kind of like the before and after room i go well, i guess we can spoil it now the the exorcism that that went wrong sequence um I was pleasantly surprised by this of how much story I was able to follow in this because usually you don't get anything. My biggest example of that was uh, Crimson Peak in Hollywood. I mean, they showed you 
nothing about that story because the movie wasn't coming out yet for another two months. This is this is a complete opposite. This actually made me say, well, I kind of want to see this movie because what is all this about? But I was I was pleasantly surprised how much beginning, middle, and end of a story we got in this for a preview of a a, a, a promotional preview house basically is what it what how i thought it was going to be but it wasn't it was a cool house i it it is it's it's in the middle it's about as middle as you can get in my list but it was it was way at the bottom before on two things one no idea what it was going to be and two usually preview houses aren't good but nope i i was very very happy with what they did this year and I, if they're going to do that have have houses out before movies. I hope that this continues. I hope they don't hold back and and just give you give you the movie in the house because I think it would I think it benefits both products. Yeah, I've almost heard it described as they gave the HHN crew a synopsis of what the movie was going to be, and then they basically had to develop an original story. Oh, really? Okay. It. Yeah, so that's kind of cool because I I haven't watched the movie yet. Frankly, the reaction has kind of turned I know. me it, off. It, it of me it. too. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I need to dive into that. I, I, like, I like the house. Maybe maybe just leave it at the house. I like the yeah, house. Exactly. That's kind of where I'm at. But this house actually reminds me of a house from my beloved HHN 26, and that is actually Krampus, Matt. Oh, really? Because this house had the weird advantage of just being in a spot and being a recognizable IP for something that was uh, coming out or had, re- I can't remember if Krampus was before Krampus was 2015, right? When it released either way, um, it had the advantage of being a big property that people sort of recognized, mm-hmm. but also didn't drive the traffic of a bunch of other houses. And towards the end of the night, cues reflected that and people were able to hit it over and over and over so you know especially if you don't have express and you've got to kind of prioritize how you're using your time and you might see some other houses a lot more due to wait times this became one of those where i saw some people say hey exorcist just because i know the house so well it's it's really elevated on my my end list Mm. and i just think that's neat yeah yeah that is this house did have one of my favorite scenes in the whole event. We could probably do top 10 scenes of, of 32 if we really run okay. out of material. But um, one of the, the coolest scenes of the entire event is when you walk into the room and you're witnessing kind of the exorcism that's happening. Mm-hmm. You round that corner and the room has become all demented and that's twisted. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yep such an yep. incredible like twist like just a really fun way to reuse the same set but give people that don't know anything that you know it, it just translates perfectly yep. and i yep. felt this it, it told a story and i yes. like that yep yeah that's that's the that's the room that i think was the game changer for me saying oh they're they're not gonna hold back from telling us the story and i i I dug that that sequence. I call it a sequence. Like I think because you go from, you don't have a bunch of stuff between it. You go from the start of how that scene plays out again, according to the house, and then you end and you get the <laughs> ending, which is not good, except for the two little girls. I guess I'm not sure it's so good for them because they're possessed. But you know what I'm saying. I guess the demons inside the little girls it was good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, next up on my list is a house that I know we have some feelings about. 
Because Matt, we have to talk about our beloved friends, the Universal Monsters uh, with Universal Monsters so Unmasked. Okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize we were going to talk about them so soon, but oh man, I mean, I love this house. There, there's no surprise. And I actually had this. I've had this conversation so many times with people this year. It's like monsters are always going to win, and I'm like, well, that's not true because I hated Legends last year. I thought it was one of the like worst. I think it is the worst Universal Monsters house. So it's not a. It's not always an an instant slam dunk with me. It always gets a head start of everything. But this year, this this thing took off, and it never, it never turned around on my list. There was a couple of times where it's like we had a really. A perfect run through Dueling Dragons, which we'll talk about. I was like, oh, man, I don't know that. I'm going to have a better night than this. But then I think like the next night or the next night after that, I had the perfect run through Monsters. I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. not sure these going to get better than that. My only complaint of this, and if you even want to call it a complaint, I guess my only thing I wish they had done was I wish there was there was a little bit of when you went from one character to the other, there's like at least a scene where they're both together. So you transition from one to the other, but that's a wish list thing because otherwise I loved every bit of this and I would actually get sad, like, like got like kick dirt sad. If I did not see the bungee Quasimodo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is probably the best character I've been going for since nine. I don't even know what is that. Twenty four years, twenty five if you count light. I've been going for a quarter of a century now, and that's that's my favorite character of all time. Matt, you instantly turned into the uh, tallest Charlie Brown I have ever seen in moments like that. <laughs> if you missed him, <laughs> yep. Uh, ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. Come on, Universal Monsters unmasked. It ruled. This is how we have uh, we ended our event. Oh my god, Matt. that was I hadn't ended a house at like like literally ended a house in years just because it's like you know that's such a late night and I'm getting older. But I was like I wanted to that night, and that is I recorded that. I might even put that on the end of this because it's it's probably one of the best pieces of audio I've ever recorded in my life was us applauding everyone, and you can. The sound picked up just enough to hear what we were applauding. It's like if you know this house, you know we're applauding. That was that was even though I had a, a perfect run through it. I mean, literally a perfect run through it. Saw absolutely everything, and the end scare like it was timed perfectly. This was still my favorite run. That last run was my favorite run of it, and it should have made me upset that it was over. But it was so much fun, and I was with so many good friends that it was the best run. I had through this house and the best friend I had through any house this year. That was my favorite moment of the entire year. I want to talk more about monsters and I will in just a second, but what you just said is such a good transition. And that is now that we've talked about some of the rougher houses, this is where we are talking about a bunch of people's number one houses coming up, yeah. you know, <laughs> starting with, with monster. We talked a little bit about it with exorcist, but all, all the remaining houses we have to talk about range from really good to excellent. Um, and that was such a key part of this year is that the last several years, even, you know, my beloved 28 and 29, it was kind of, hey, we know what the best house is. And everybody was in agreement. They were heading over there, whether that was Dead Man's or whether that was, I guess there was kind of a half and half between Dead Man's and Legends Collide, but Anyways, the past couple of years, everybody has pretty much agreed on one or two houses being uh, the cream of the crop and the thing that they have to go do. And yeah. this was one of the first years where we almost divided into 
fun loving factions. And we were like, hey, you know, this is a great house. I'm going to end over here, but I totally understand why you want to close on Darkest Deal instead, like a couple of our friends did. We're going to be at Monsters. You go over to Darkest Deal, whatever. And that is a sign of a great event year, which is where everybody's lists are so different and so varied. Each one of these had something to stand out about. And the fact that they are so varied just proves that it proved to me that it doesn't always have to be kind of how it's been where there's always one or two strong winners. You really can have almost the entire lineup be a winner. And I just, I hope we carry that goodwill going forward because man, we left on a really good spot this year. You, I'm sure you remember, you were just talking about how we all gathered outside Springfield to wait out uh, the night and get our last run in through monsters. You, I'm sure you haven't forgotten that I left to get another run into another house. I was debating whether or not it was going to be my last house or not. Yeah, I. That was that. I was biting my fingernails to see if you were going to return that night. But you were like, I think I have enough. I definitely have enough time to go through it. Do I have enough time to get there and yeah. get back here by two? And I did with by very few minutes, but I had enough time to do it. So yeah, I actually I consider having two houses as my my final run almost almost yeah almost it's a good double feature though and oh, we'll yeah. talk about that house in <laughs> yeah, a little bit but we will. <laughs> a small small little clue is you went from the backish section of the park over with kid zone mm-hmm. all the way up to the very front of the park yep. to do that house and that you couldn't I get mean, any more front of the park to do a house than where i went <laughs> <laughs> literally yep <laughs> Unless you did it in the gift shop, I guess. Right. But yeah, or the the Hollywood bathrooms. Don't do that, Universal. Anyways, um, and, and that's just a big thing about this year is that when this house, or excuse me, this house, this year was so dependent on your personal tastes and what you find interesting. That's what determined your number one. If you are an HHN super fan and you love the lore and you also are really cool with clowns, Dr. Oddfellow was probably your number one. If you love music, there's a good chance that Darkest Deals snuck into your number one. If you love colonial kill cults, <laughs> boy, do I have a house for you <laughs> yeah. with Blood Moon. But that's the thing, Dueling Dragons. Um, that's the thing about this year is that all the houses were of such equal quality that it all came down to personal taste for the most part. And I just think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We, we did say like, uh, no matter what someone said, their favorite house was, there really wasn't any room to argue with them. We were all pretty much like, yeah, yeah, cool. I see that. I completely see that. Yeah, absolutely. But monsters unmasked, Matt, people are going to ask us, (laughs) Where does this sit on your universal monster list or ranking here? And uh, I'm going to say mine because I don't know if you're in agreement, but we did talk about it a little bit, but I I just don't want to shoot the gun. I still think the Bride of Frankenstein Lives is a perfect house because it had everything. It had the scares, it had the sets, and it told a wonderful uh, story just front to back all the way through it. I almost consider Bride in its own category where it's just a masterpiece of not only Universal Monsters, but it's in its own echelon as far as just all-time great HHN material for me. And I feel like a lot of people agree that way. I love 29 because it's the Monster Mash, and I liked Legends Collide a lot more 
than you did. So like the uh, the monsters have been very good to me, and especially as a fan of Halloween, not only the Universal monsters, but as Halloween, they are always my connection to the holiday itself. So they're always going to have that leg up. Respectively, they've been either number one or two in each one of the years. Bride being in a little bit of a weird position because of HHN Light, but neither here nor there. Unmasked might be it, it might be my favorite excluding bride and you might say oh that's so weird it doesn't have it doesn't have the wolfman and it doesn't have frankenstein like how can it be your number one and it was like yeah the fact that we basically got the suicide squad of universal monsters of yeah right weird characters the mystery minus the invisible man yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we got this weird mashup that just happen to work together so well and get a leg up above everything else. I don't know I, what it was. I don't know if it was the cast. I don't know if it was the scares. It was everything all together really kind of cemented this as, wow, yeah. this is great. And I love this. I, I either said it on one of our recordings or I said it on Twitter. I said, this is the, the, the team up. I didn't know I wanted. If that makes any sense. Like I would have never put that together put these together on my own but it's like it works perfectly um i'm with you with bride i it, it's gonna be it, it's i i don't see i don't know what i should say could ever top top bride and i wish they'd go back to uh, the story format that bride said and i really thought this was where we're going with that and we've kind of got it but we also kind of got like our creature feature areas lead like built around the story rather than the the the, the actors the creatures being the actors in a story and that's fine um, I, I could not stand Legends. I just, I, I, I'd never had a good run through it, and it's all characters I don't like, minus Dracula. And I didn't like the, the fallback on the design. That's like we established a new set of, you know, a new era of Universal monsters at Halloween Horror Nights, and then they took that, took it away from us, especially Dracula. Um, twenty nine was just like that kicked it off. I think we're safely in the Universal monster era of Horror Nights, at least as far as I'm concerned. And that kicked it off, and that's hard. That is hard not to put that right behind Bride. And I don't know if ties are allowed, but I am hard-pressed to decide between Bride and, and Unmasked. And I, I want to say they're tied, but for different reasons. I think as a house, I liked Unmasked better, but as an ensemble, I liked Monsters better. I don't know, man. I, I they, are tie, they are so close tied for a second. It's like we got, we, we got every ref in the NHL. NFL, we got the horse race photo guys looking at everything, trying to figure out which one is second for me. They're that close. I, and I, <laughs> I, just, I just have to say they're tied for a second. It's that, that's my cop out. <laughs> I'm going to have Gritty come out and bonk you with, <laughs> right. bonk you with a club. And then you know, whichever way you, you collapse on the floor will, will dictate I, the answer here. I almost um, think, I almost think if you didn't have the bungee Quasimodo, I probably, it'd probably be an easier decision. Yeah. I mean, that Bungie and Bride of Frankenstein's no joke either. No, though. no. Well, I'm Bride yeah. of Frankenstein's first period. I mean, that that wasn't yeah, even yeah. in contention. Oh, you're talking yeah. about monster specifically? Yes, from yeah. No. yeah, yeah, got yeah. It. Yeah, I can't. Oh man, I'm a bad fan. I can't remember if there was a Bungie in 29. Now. Yeah, Wolfman. Um, oh, duh, Bungie Wolfman. <laughs> yeah. How could I ever forget? But uh, I mean, oh, Bungie Quasimodo is far greater than Bungie Wolfman. 
Yeah. And I feel like we do owe a lot of respect to Universal Monsters from 29 for just giving us this wonderful wealth yep. of, you know, the monsters resurgence. And I don't yeah, want to ever see it end. Even when it's bad, it's good. I mean, it's like I say Legends is my least favorite and I hate it. And that's an exaggeration. It's it's, it's, it's my least favorite of the monsters, but I don't I hate it. It's probably just a, a, a gut reaction term I use. I mean, it's fine. And yeah. I'd rather have had that than had nothing. I know there's a little bit of resentment there too because you just never had that that good run to elevate it. I didn't. No, that that and that that is a huge um factor in it. It really is. I know it's a subjective thing because everyone's run is different no matter how many times you go through it, but I just never had a good one. My fingers around your throat. (laughs) (laughs) The way they incorporated the Invisible Man. I mean, all the monsters were done so well, but the way they incorporated our favorite fun little guy, the Invisible Man, into this house. um, I don't know. Like, the way you and I reacted, because we went through this house a lot together, you would have thought like Paul McCartney rounded the corner whenever whenever the Invisible Man (laughs) came out. Yeah. and if I and if, Cooper, and if he didn't yeah. and if he didn't come out, I'd always look behind me to get a glimpse of him in the boo hole to make sure I saw him. You and I had a magical experience with some stranger in the that VIP was, line. Oh my god, that is my favorite all time favorite Halloween Horror Night story. Used to be the guy that looked at me and Quint after we said we're glad we got Express because you're telling me I've been here for three hours. That has now <laughs> been replaced by this moment you're about to explain. This was, and it's such a visual story, but it's. I will never forget this happened ever. It's it's so hard to explain and feel free to step in if I'm doing okay. a terrible job because you and I just shared this magical moment with this this gentleman um you know shorter in stature we we've been following this VIP um through the house we're right behind them and we reached the first corner after the phantom section where the invisible man pops out and the invisible man pops out and does his thing and you can almost see the Windows 98 hourglass appear on this guy's forehead. <laughs> and then his whole dr- uh, jaw like unhooks, like it drops, like Shaggy and Scooby-Doo or any other Hanna-Barbera character. It just drops. And it's this great moment where he's staring at the Invisible Man who's doing his whole elaborate performance and line and everything. And just the moment of recognition that it took it- for his jaw to drop really sold the whole thing. The only visual I can explain is like picture an animatronic that's programmed to screen and wi- scream and widen its eyes. <laughs> picture it all on off mode and then suddenly switched on with twice the amount of power that it needs. That's what the, and and because his face never cha- it's like with his, his always looking in the same place. But you're right. It's like it's like the recognition kicked in and like everything just like opened up. Oh my god! I. I it's such a tough story to tell on an audio podcast, but it was it was by far now the best Halloween Horror moment story, like memory, because I can't tell the story. It's my favorite Halloween Horror Nights memory outside of of the actual attractions at this point. It, that was, and the fact that I turned and looked at you and you were turning to look at me is like I can't believe we both <laughs> fucking saw that. That is you crazy. and I. 
you and I giggled through the rest of the house did, like yeah. two six-year-olds that yeah. just found a titty magazine, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. we were having the time of our lives through it. And, you know, so many... I've asked for several years for a Phantom House now. I felt like that was an obvious character for them to do. Mm. And I really think they just delivered on that promise while also giving me so much more. Yeah. You know, the Invisible Man was always going to be a tough one. I never expected to get a full Invisible Man house. Right. His incorporation of this was great. But the real surprise, you know, we've talked about Quasimodo enough your, your BFF there but he only had <laughs> you know he had like one scene <laughs> really uh because it really it was did. So it, there was he was yeah they had that and then they had him like around that corner right before the finale yeah yeah but the way that they did the Jekyll Hyde stuff yeah. the Hyde stuff especially with that massive one that would hide behind the curtain it, when you went uh, in and, oh man it was just real quick Sif, Sif, I missed you so much, Sif. Oh, right, yeah. Please give me, I, I know it's gross and I know it's touching my face and hands and yes, it gets gross when you think about it but oh my god, the reincorporation of Sif in a major way amped up the scare factor so much in these houses again and I didn't realize how much I missed it until this year. Yeah, and that was one of the I think missing things that couldn't put my finger on of everything combined. That was part of it. That was part of it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that hide behind that curtain, <laughs> which is how we started there, he was impeccable. So much fun. There was the one that was straight up eating ass, slash doing the spine rip, and then you had the the jiggle. Not my Your fault. fault. <laughs> um, so many lines from this are, are so memorable and. Man, we could probably do a whole episode on ma on unmasked breaking. We didn't even talk about the facade, which is oh, just God, literally right. yeah. one of the coolest things I've ever seen at the event. Yep. Um, just such a good house, and I loved it very, very much. The um that that giant Jekyll. I don't know. I, now you got me saying Jekyll. I've been saying Jekyll my whole life, but I'm gonna try to follow your lead. I did hear the name <laughs> pronunciation on the the original, so I'll give you that. Um, anyway, the giant one. Behind all the Sif, it took me at least, and probably longer, at least three quarters of the event for me to not get completely startled by him. Like, I finally, finally got the timing down where I knew he was going to get me, but not till really late in the season. Really late it's in a, the season. It's a terrifying mask, too. Like, yeah. it's a really good mask. And they always had, and you and I are above average height. Every, yeah. what I don't know how many cast and how many cast members they've ended up putting in that. I don't know what the rotation was like. I know what the rotation is like, but I don't know what the you know people leaving and coming back to the event. They always managed to get one that was significantly taller than me. Not just taller, but like significantly taller than me. Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt. Well, sadly, we got to keep moving forward. I'm sure right, we'll that's we'll talk a little bit about monsters again, but. We gotta we gotta return to our friend Dr. Oddfellow because we need yeah. to talk about his twisted origins over in Sprung Tent 2. And this house was fun. Yeah, that's my a good only, way to say it. Yep. That's a good literally way to say it. my only knock against this house was that I'm a little burnt out on circus and carnival aesthetics. I get that this one's tied into HHN and that's fun, but I just I, I want it. I, I, I just the the concept itself didn't work for me as much, and that's why I thought it was important to bring up what I said earlier. 
from here on out, we are purely talking about personal tastes. And I totally understand why people loved and adored this house. I just, for me, the the concept, I've seen a lot of it. And it, it doesn't move as much for me as other stuff. Did. Mm, gotcha. The, the, the carnival thing didn't bother me. I always think it's a good um, uh, setting for things. Of course, I said that about jailhouses, too, until last year. <laughs> so, but right now it's still working for me. So that didn't bother me sure. so much. I did like uh, the, the final sequence. I guess I like I like that room. It might be the room more than the ending. I guess um, the room that he was in with all the green potions. I thought was just one yeah. of the visually stunning rooms of the event. That was one of my favorite rooms of the entire event. I just liked being in there and looking around. And then you made that weird turn into like, I guess the Zodiac signs and sort of kind of on the walls, which is a little strange ending, but that room alone was awesome. I love the look of that room. There's something just the color. I, I, I'm not even like green's really not even my favorite color. It's not a, you know, I don't think anything of it. It's just green, but man, something about that green light and his red coat and some of the gold highlights of everything just really worked in that room. I, I loved looking at that room. Really, the only thing missing from this house for me that I, I kind of wish was there is I, I feel like Puppet Theater was my favorite tent house, at least for in a little while. Um, and Puppet Theater had some it had a really good way of going big and then small and big and small. And this was a very claustrophobic house. I just kind of wanted there to be one big scene in this. I feel like that could have elevated it a little bit more. Um, It's not a requirement because I think this was a fun claustrophobic house, but I, I I just wish that we could have got a little bit of a, an expansion somewhere in this house to just get a little bit of that great Mm -hmm. set dressing because it felt like you were so, on top of everything that I almost didn't get a chance to like look at stuff as closely as maybe I wish I could have. I see where you're coming from in that. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I think the two biggest scenes were Dr. Oddfellow, but they weren't large scale. Like we saw his introduction on that stage, which was cool too. That kind of had the same aesthetic lighting, just less green. So I think we kind of went from Oddfellow the man to Oddfellow, the uh, evil scientist, for lack of a I know there's a better term, but I can't think of it, which was cool. But you're right. They're both rooms. Like, you, there's finales for houses that are just on huge scales where these were just two rooms, but I think they were, they were showcase rooms, but they were smaller in, in stature. They're kind of like... <laughs> Hate to yeah. be, hate to be this, this. Uh, I hate to make this comparison, but they're kind of like the finales of the SeaWorld Hollow Scream houses. Oh. <laughs> in size, bit, in size, not in design. Yeah, yeah. Size. yeah, yeah. But overall, I think I said this on the Grim Grinning Host review. I said it to you and a couple of friends as well while we were at the event. Um, the cast really made this house. I recognized yeah. a lot of people because you know a lot of it was just like face paint in this house. And of course there were a couple of masks, but I started to recognize a lot of people and I could just tell, look, y'all that were in this house, I know y'all some real freaks. Like y'all enjoy being murderous clowns and you know what? Good for you. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. And uh, I enjoyed experiencing the twisted origins along with you. <laughs> there was a great piece that only worked once for me. Cause once, once you know it's there, you, you can't help but see 
how how not only how we know how it works, but now you see how the costume thing works. But the first yeah. time where I saw they took the the head off the guy, but then the body charges at you, I wasn't ready for that. That was awesome. But then when yeah. I knew it came, it was like, oh, I see the screen where he's looking through. It's like you piece all the stuff together and it kind of loses its magic. But for the first time, not knowing that was going to happen, it was extremely effective and was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I mean, considering that most people aren't whack jobs like us <laughs> right, that live yeah. in Orlando, Florida, they only <laughs> right. got to see it. This is true. Way. But even... Even that, and you know, we could have brought it up a couple of other spots, but I feel like what you just talked about is a great example. You have a scare actor chopping off the head and then also popping out the curtain behind him. You have the decapitated body running at you. And then right on the other side, the right-hand side, Dr. Oddfellow was popping yes, out yep. and scaring you there as well. Yep. So it was just the perfect mixture of really feeling like you were under attack. And there were a lot of moments like that in this year, especially in blood moon, which we'll talk about a little <laughs> bit later. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was really fun how they set up the scares this year. I will say one thing, as much as I was praising the lore that they added to this. And then, like I said, they kind of ended it where we knew the lore was. I think they kind of did a slight, and this is, this is very nitpicky and this is very niche to, Halloween Horror Nights, like fanatics like us and people that, start, that that really know and revere the lore, I think they kind of did a disservice to the Jack killing, and 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 I understand why you had to do it quick so as many people could see it. I don't think the story ever made it sound like it was that quick and easy. You know what I mean? And that yeah, almost almost cartoony. Well, it was shadow cartoon, so it was. But besides that, I think they did a bit of a disservice to that part of the story. But it also wasn't like. A showcase piece so it, it's fine it's, yeah. it's a very nitpicky thing from me it's possible we only saw the last five seconds of that encounter right. you know? yeah and that's yeah. all they could fit in there and right. once again i totally understand what you're saying what we want from you universal is you've seen they live you own it make the jack versus odd fellow knockdown <laughs> fight happen in the animal you don't even have to do any set dressing just have two scare actors two performers out there and full Dr. Oddfellow and Jack the Clown paraphernalia and have them just kick the ever-loving shit out of each other. <laughs> I would go to that every night. Uh, that, would be a, that would be the good wrestlers. second show. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on uh, Twisted Origins before we go forward, Matt? Oh, uh, we need to mention that it's they did something that is so incredibly simple, yet is hard to believe and and is, know what it it's is. hard to believe it's not been thought of before but now i'm glad it's it's there or was there we're not sure what the state of the sprung tents are going to be but the the projections the building mappings on the the sprung tent to make it like a carnival tent was a fucking stroke of genius i'm gonna say it absolute genius and i love the way that they tied it into the story i don't know if this was any of the published material or if it was only on the podcast i believe it was charles gray who was talking about it but he said basically the idea is you've been invited to this carnival after dark after mm. the main acts have concluded and you are roaming the parking lot in this midwest town approaching the carnival and the way they pulled that off mm -hmm. with the old-timey music playing you could see the big top tent the way that you almost had to kind of like snake your way into the house itself. It told that story perfectly, whether or not you knew that context didn't matter. It felt like you were doing something you weren't supposed to do. Right. Yeah. Were. And that was yep. cool. That was cool. Yes. I love that. 
that was probably one of the better overall, like, I don't want to just say facade, but overall house uh, sprung tent presentations. Cause there's, there's been some good facade or entries or where you want to call them, but this, this is probably the top notch now. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like getting the perfect mixture of the tunnel entrance. We normally get back there, mm-hmm. whether that's deaths or bugs or whatever, but you also, you accepted the big white tent sitting right next yeah, to it. Right. You didn't exactly. even think yeah. about it, you know? Yep. And then poor Hive. I love that house, but that's the big loser with the <laughs> VHS box outside or whatever. Oh, God, um, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, Halloween had it too. You know, there was a bunch of those during that time. At least you weren't working um, through, walking through Alice Cooper's mouth this time. <laughs> well, I could have had more fun if I did. I <laughs> Welcome um, to an incredible journey inside my mouth. <laughs> My bosoms are slapping my face. (laughs) (laughs) Dueling dragons, choose thy fate. Big one, Matt. Yes. This is a big boy. Um, I talked about this on the hype episodes. I talked about this in the early review episode. I talked about this on Grim Grinning House. The fact that Universal and the team over there said, hey, there used to be this really cool roller coaster there and we can make a haunted house out of it. Blows my mind that we even got something like this and it was even considered. And for something I've been asking for for so long on this podcast, a fantasy themed house to get one that's as good as this one is really surprised me. And Oh my God, what a fun pleasure this house ended up being. Yeah. I, I was really wary of this house i was excited to see what they're gonna do but i was like i'm not sure it's gonna be scary i'm not sure it was that scary but it had scares but it didn't need to be to still fit the halloween aesthetic and to tell the story and i was i i was every trepidation every fear every doubt i had was erased that first run through and this was let me look at my list again i think this was on my can't miss list yes yes there's only one house i did more and that was universal monsters and i think everyone knows and that's because probably because of the last the last run through we did that this was an every nighter for me i could not miss this house no matter that's it was one of those ones where it's like i went to the that night and said i'm gonna go do darkest deal last of us yeti and i'm going home Every time I was like going home or going towards the last house, if it was over by Yeti or Exorcist or something, and I passed Dueling Dragons, I'm like, I'm going to Dueling Dragons before I go. Every time I didn't plan to go, I ended up going in through it. I loved it. It was so much, it was fun. That was the thing, man. This was this was so much fun, gorgeous. And my biggest worry was what are they gonna do about the split ending? Because we've had split exits before, but not endings. And I'm like, and it's never worked. It's always shut down like within the first week. Perfect. They they pulled it off. Um I, it's I I know there's been conversations even between you and I. It almost seems like it's a sacrifice for a room or two, but I think it was the trade-off with well, it was hundred percent worth it. Loved it. Love this house. This is one that I'm going to be thinking about for a long time. And and for a long time, I really thought that this had potential to kind of scoop away my number one house spot. Um, It definitely ended up very high. I need I need more time to sit on reflect on where this is. And this didn't even end up as my number one house of the event this year. Um, Some other stuff ended up stealing it away. You might have already heard us talk about it. Who knows? (laughs) Um, But this was a house that 
was just so much fun to walk through. And, you know, some people, this house didn't work for them because it wasn't scary at all or they didn't appreciate the source material. And I get that. But this is what I wanted. I wanted something so goofy. I wanted something 80s. This house reminded me of the Dungeon Master in the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminded me a little bit of Dragon's Lair. It reminded me of old Atari slash Nintendo like Game Boy and (laughs) Atari commercials. Like it, it had that 80s ish fantasy feel that made it so addictive for me to walk through. And knowing it had that tie into Orlando, which obviously, or Universal Orlando, which is something I've, I've been around way too much. Um, <laughs> and I still love and appreciate. Um, it's just so cool that this thing existed. Yeah. And I really hope that this is something that they're considering diving into the future, whether that's Poseidon's Fury, whether that's, uh, I don't know if they want to do a King Kong house or whatever, but just, I mean, I love it, but I, even I look at that going, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do it, but I'll take a Godzilla house. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's a no brainer. I just hope that they're looking at stuff. Although I say it's a no brainer, but honestly, how would they pull that one off either? It's the same argument. (laughs) Just the creativity and the thought here yeah. is so up my alley. It's completely up my tea, uh, a popular inside joke there. But anyways, <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, I had such a blast going through Choose Thy Fate. Like you said, it was an every single nighter. Yeah. And that was it was the Wednesday, the last Wednesday. Um, I think it was November 1st, the night after Halloween. This and I did I did everything I did so much that night. I did everything, but I did Universal Monsters. I did that whole thing where I get out of line and get in line like three times. I did the same thing with this house. And I think that's the only one I went I did with that with that. So it's like it was I, I was taking full advantage of that was the lightest, fastest night we had, and I was really spending it on those two houses. Even though I don't think that's funny, I don't think that's my number two either. It's not. Okay. Yeah. So, but I just, I just had so much fun going through it. I, I just would get out of line, get back, or get out of the house, get back in line, get out of the house, get back in line that night. It was so much fun. Merlin with a Y, we salute <laughs> you. <laughs> Real man of genius. Um, let's talk about Yeti Campground Kills. Matt, this is one that my, this one probably changed the most. Um, between hype season and, you know, my final rankings here, just because Yeti is a concept that I thought we had definitely reached the end of the road. We had Terror of the Yukon. What more can you do with this? When you have the name, like Swamp Yeti was a thing, but that was was based after a lot of really, you know, B-movie names, B-horror movie names. That works. Swamp Yeti works in that setting. When you take the word Yeti and the character Yeti and put it in its origin uh, environment, it's like you kind of pinnacled. It's like you don't really go back from that. And they did. And I was like, okay, this should be interesting. And despite every single thing working its way, you know, working, working through it, this house still ended up becoming a favorite and something we did almost every single night. I was again, pleasantly surprised. It was fun. Um, (laughs) Once you pointed out the wooden cutout of the Yeti holding this sign that said bait, I couldn't help but see it every time I went through it and (laughs) and laughed at it every single freaking time. Yes. 
There is so much detail in this house. Really great scare actors who are loving being big yetis or the people terrorized by them. It felt like a, it almost feels like, you know, even though that was sci-fi and this is grounded in cryptozoology Mm -hmm. and everything like that, it, it felt like kind of what they've tried previously with like creatures, you know, and like they finally got everything all together where they're able to do the people versus the big animal in the the best way. Um, that said, I feel like Yeti has reached its climax. I, I really I agree. hope we don't <laughs> see Yeti again. Yeah, I agree. You were fun. I think it's time to move on to different creatures. You got three. Well, you got two and not even a quarter. What? 10%. You got two and 10% yeah. <laughs> due to slaughter cinema. But I really think you're done with this story. The summer camp theming was fun, but I, I really just don't think you can get much more leeway out of this idea. I agree. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It's not super high on my list, but I enjoyed it for what it was. But I, I if we don't see it for a while or even wait till we get to an anniversary best of till we see it again, I it's, that's it's not good. That's not going to bother me at all. Did you see ever see any of the Yetis? With the black, like the black screen where their open mouth would be like missing, and you see the guy's like nose and eyes. Yes, it's really <laughs> off-putting, isn't it? It's it's terrible, and it haunts me in a <laughs> yeah. really bad, like those really disconcerting Muppets that would show up sometimes during the Muppet Show. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you there. You know, every time I walk through this, I I almost imagined it being a Jason Voorhees house instead, and I was like, ooh. You know, you could keep everything the, the same, the but start, instead of... I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, the start of it just really reminded me of the start of Jason versus Freddy. Freddy. versus Jason. Yeah, or whatever order. You always get it backwards. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, trademark. <laughs> um, but yes, I think this could have been a really cool Jason house as well. I'm glad it was a Yeti house, but yeah, it, it put me in the summer camp Voorhees vibes, and I'm just hoping we see Jason again one day. Speaking of... Let me just check something. I think... Yeah, it is. Okay. Speaking of did you sees, this is way off topic, but it's it's happened only one night. And did you go the night the girl was dressed as Annabelle, the doll, and standing out, you know that like section where the bridges kind of meet where you come out of um uh, where where the Jaws bathroom is, and then you got a couple of food tents, and you kind of got like that wooden plank courtyard, and you got the bridge over to the Simpsons and whatnot. You know that area I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a girl, young girl, dressed as Annabelle there every time I went by. Now, I didn't go through it that many times. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They got an Annabelle. And like on the second pass, I looked, looked, looked around and went, there's no attendance here. And, and then it dawned on me, I'm like, this is not a character. This is a young girl cosplaying as Annabelle and like inserting herself in the event. Did you see her by chance? I did not. No. That was when I realized what was happening. I was like, okay, that's a little creepy. <laughs> the costume and cosplay uh, yeah. side of HHN yeah. is yeah. Uh, out. Well, and it wasn't so much that they were dressed as the character. That's fine. That that didn't bother me. The fact that they're standing in the middle of the emptiest part of the park and staring at people seemingly all night. Now, granted, maybe I saw her the second she got there and I saw her the second time the second before she left. And that wouldn't have been that long of a time, but it felt like she was doing that all night. And, and But I have no, I don't know what she was, but it, when it dawned on me that it wasn't a character, I was like, 
okay, I'm not, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm not freaked out. I'm not mad. I just, I'm not sure how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I never saw it. Okay, and I, yeah, I, 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 I wonder I, if anyone else saw that. Uh, I guess I guess leave a comment on on this this post on newsaz.com because I'm barely on social media, but or or if you do, I do check it well. I guess often enough that I'll see it, but especially once I post this episode. So I just want to know if anyone else saw that because I know I the, the, seeing her once was one thing, seeing her twice, I was like, and putting this all together, I was like, okay, that's 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 that might be a first for me. I'm sure it's not a first for the event, but it was a first for me. Matt, mm-hmm. you since we're over in that area, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We got to talk about, um, excuse the pun, uh, possibly a, a dark horse of the event, possibly <laughs> the darkest horse. I'm talking about the darkest deal. This is one people were all over the place for. Some of us were really excited for it. I, I actually can't remember where you had this one, but I know it was, I was... It was pretty low because okay. it was screaming coven two to me i think is what i said oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you thought maybe it was too big of a concept yeah for them to pull off. Yeah. yeah and this house completely delivered for me and i know this ended up becoming a real favorite for you too oh yeah i was i was i fully admitted how wrong i was to you when we went through that and it's it's it was i i didn't have a bad run through this um, I don't even know that I have any complaints. My my favorite part was the shadow imagery behind some of the characters on stage. I thought was unique. If they if they'd done it before, they didn't do it as much as prominently as that that I can remember. Um, if I, if I want to kind of like maybe criticize something that the sequins robes the devil were where it was wearing at the end may have been a little less than stellar <laughs> a costume, but. <laughs> Even so, that's that's nothing compared to how much I enjoyed going through this house and um, the music, the story. The story, this is one of those ones that just tells the story like without any trouble whatsoever telling itself. I I was wrong about this, and I'm, I was happy to be wrong. I love being proven wrong and having even that much more to like at these events. Now I'm just, I'm imagining the sequin devil, as you called him, being in the <laughs> It wasn't sequin, though. It was, you know what I'm talking about. The yeah, rhinestone but, Dodgers yeah. gear from Elton John's history. You know, I'm kind of kind of wishing we could have put him in there. If you're good at Photoshop, send me that. I want to see it. Um, I knew going into it, as someone who's into music, plays a little bit of music, is friends with a lot of people, obviously this is a very well-known legend outside of musician circles, but I just had that personal connection from like, you give me a music connection, I'm in. I'm very excited for this. And I don't think I expected how creepy this house would be. Mm, There were moments that really got underneath my skin in a fun way, in a fun haunted house way. And it was claustrophobic. Um, and, and just generally, uh, there were some moments where if you went there by yourself, absolutely terrifying, especially if you walked in with a little bit of that daylight blindness, it was a perfect mixture for just a great disaster (laughs) in the best way. And, uh, I felt that this house only kept getting better and better. And every single time I went through there, I was like, ah, you know, I just had some good runs and everything else, but. Might have been the best run of the night, and usually it was. The Darkest Deal was always awesome. Give it up for the trumpet player that like, could have seriously injured someone but managed to pull off, as far as I know, an injury-free run. There was a point where he came jumping out of me, and I felt something breeze past my chin. 
like he was that close <laughs> with the trumpet. But he didn't hit me. Right. So Yeah. Shout out to the uh, you're not the first yeah, guy. That's a good one too. Um, Candle guy. I don't know what his name skeleton? is. What's yeah. that? I, I just the skeleton, the candle skeleton yeah. man. Yeah. Yep. That was awesome. That was a great design. Oh, he is so cool. He might be my single favorite character design I of can the see entire that. event. I can see that. Um, yeah. Just so neat. Although piano and, guy and, was pretty good too. That was a big like thing. The scare that I felt, was, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that was a really awesome part of this house is that even though, you know, it was one of the smaller houses and they could have relied on just doing consistent devil jump scares. Mm. There was a wide diversity of characters in this house. While you followed the story of Pine Straw Spruce, you even got to see his mom at one point. There was those like skeleton skull or excuse me, there were the like the deer skull uh, creatures that were jumping out at you. There were several of the Satan figures. There was a literal uh interpretation of you know goat satan baphomet whatever yeah. you want to call it that popped out towards the end there and uh the actual devil design that we see at the beginning and towards the end really creepy mask yeah like genuinely unsettling yes yeah great house too this is this like like you said uh, into this half of houses these are all there's there's really not much wrong with all these houses yeah well, Matt, believe it or not, we're to our final house. And I know you were upset at me for talking about monsters earlier. Not really, yeah, but I, I know. Yeah, but we got to talk about one that you ran across this the is, park for. This is the one we were talking about. Yeah, it's like when we oh. sat down, caught our breath, made our plan. I was like, I think I have enough time to go to this house. And I did. And there was two larger people in front of you. I'm like, would you get the fuck out of my way <laughs> trying to get into that <laughs> <laughs> you kick the dirt off your your oh, sock and God, I was getting so I was getting so angry. I was like, if I miss going through going through monsters because of these two people, otherwise I was fine. I was ahead of time. I was gonna be mad, but I didn't. So kudos for them for not letting me uh, wear myself out. Blood Moon, yes. Dark Offerings. Yep. That's the one we're talking about. Colonial Era Village Moon Worshippers witness a Blood Moon at their Fall Festival non-believer um <laughs> this this yeah up until the end i yeah i even think at the end maybe not the last like night but like even to the last week man this is a house i saw something new in every freaking time and that doesn't happen that often i mean you might miss little details but something significant that i didn't see before would always pop up into this and i just i love this house i was trying to describe it to quint the first night and i was like really ramped up I was like, it's like, it's like Roanoke on steroids. It's not, it was, it was Roanoke, but with sacrifices instead of cannibals, which actually made it um, a little creepier, I think, in, in, in my opinion, it was, it was so good. It has my, now my favorite thing ever. I wish if they sell this in the prop store, I'm buying it. It's the little cult kids with the maypole with the intestine entrails. It, that's my favorite thing ever in a haunted house now. <laughs> It's so make it cute. a uh, it's so make cute. it a precious moments yes. ceramic. It's yeah. so so disgustingly <laughs> cute, and there's just so much awesome freaking detail. The desks were were great. That the 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 candle maker that was covered in wax. Um, oh, the uh, tavern. I can't remember its name, but I just remember it was named after Sloppy Taco Palace, which was a nice touch. I mean, that's a definite Horror Nights fan thing to know. Um, and then there's one thing in here, and I think it's the biggest mistake they made this year. 
the totem at the end is probably the best prop in any of the houses, but they put it somewhere where you have to turn the second you see it. You never get a good straight-on look at it. This is something, this is a finale where you should have been looking at it for like a good 10 feet before you even have to look away. You immediately had to turn away, and I think that's the, the biggest mistake they made in any of, any of the houses this year is the placement of that totem. It was in the wrong place, and it was yeah. the best prop that they had, hands down. I agree. I didn't even notice until a month into the event that you end in the room you begin at. Yeah, in right. <laughs> I never put that together, and I definitely didn't notice um, the lead, I guess, cultist yeah, figure the, that was up there. The hood and uh, antlers. Yeah, I had no clue she was there for multiple nights just because I was ready to go down terror hallway number three. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, you brought up that totem. It's right after the big church scene, which is one of the big standout moments of this year just because oh my God, you're in a fully enveloped yeah. <laughs> church. Like, this is so cool. Um, and, and this house was, once again, this is one of those where when I tell you where it's going to be, you might be disappointed in me, but it all comes down to personal flavors. And uh, that's why this one ended up where it was. But yeah. I had a lot of fun going through this. And this was... Um, this was one of your favorites, like you just talked yep. about. This was my buddy Brad's favorite. This was one of my best friend's favorite. Um, Blood Moon got a lot of praise this season, and this was consistently one of the top three for most people. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. I absolutely loved this house. It was my, I, I guess if you got a call, Universal Monsters, just because of the nature of the source material, if you got to call that an IP, this would be my favorite original, but I mean, it's not even like, I mean, Dueling Dragons is great, but Blood Moon is just like even better. Yeah, 100%. That, that yes. brings us to the end yes, of our house lineups, man. Dude, do you want to, uh, do you have your ranking ready? I do. In 10? fact, I made this uh, roughly a week or two after the event while everything was still fresh in my head. So I would go with my. Go still go with the emotional, have the emotional response, but also give it a little time to think about. So I do. This is a, I think this is an accurate list, a depiction of my thoughts on the rankings of this year. Well, do you want to go ahead and hit number ten together? Yes. I don't know what your list is, but <laughs> let's go ahead. Give me a Chucky C. ultimate kill count. Okay, yeah, <laughs> Chucky. Yeah, we talked about why. I don't want to beat the, right. the dead horse anymore. Um, look, I just. Uh, I hope that the next horror icon that they do at the event gets a much better house. Uh, number nine could be the same for us, but I don't know. What's number nine for you? It is Stranger Things 4. It is also Stranger okay. Things 4 yep. here for me. Yeah. Uh, for all the reasons we talked exactly. about. Exactly. Yep. Now, here's where we might start swapping up. We'll see. Okay. Number eight. Well, what's your eight? You'll go first this time. Uh, my number eight is The Last of okay, Us. Okay. We haven't diverged yet because that is mine as well. All right. Now I do again, think this is where we're going to split. Yeah, not a bad house. Just it ended up where it ended yep, up exactly. because we liked other stuff more <laughs> and are more familiar with other stuff. True. Yes. Yes. Uh, number seven. Okay. This is, I think, where we're going to diverge. I have Yeti Campground Kills as seven. We have diverged because this is where I have the Exorcist Believer. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. Definitely fair. Yep. Uh, number six for me. Once again, this is the one that you might go, huh? He's wrong, which I'll accept because I'm a friend of yours. Uh, Blood Moon Dark Offerings is yeah. at number six. You're almost as wrong as you were about Descendants of Destruction last year. Oh, I'll stand by Descendants. <laughs> this one I might give you. 
<laughs> Mine is actually Exorcist Believer, and it's that is for both that and Yeti. That is absolutely no commentary on those houses. It's I think just a commentary on how strong this year is. Something's got. If you're gonna go one through, I mean, I guess I could have cheated like I did when you asked me about Universal Monsters and say like you know eight of these are number two. But if I did, you know, since there's more from the rank, I did rank them, and something's got to. There has to be an order, but I mean, they're they're such strong houses from number eight on. Oh. They're so good. Yeah, literally any of these top eight houses. Yeah. If you said you want to go do this, I'd be like, hell yeah, man, let's go do it. Right. And yep. we would go do it. Um. So number five for me, getting into top five here, Doctor Oddfellow's Twisted Origin. That's where it landed for me too. Number five. Good spot. Yeah, this is where we finally uh, meet up, Matt, because number four for me was actually Yeti Campground Kills. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mine was, even though it was a huge surprise, it's just the, the other three are slightly more me or appealing to me than this one, and that was Darkest Deal. All right. And what's your number three? Number three it puts, this I can't believe considering how much I went through it, but it's still number three. It's Dueling Dragons. Also at number three for me, nice. actually. Yeah. Good spot for it. I'm glad it's in my top three. It's just, um, I love how beautiful this house is. I love the fun factor, but I love having a little bit of the heebie-jeebies at the event. So <laughs> the other houses get the scare factor that bumped yeah. it up just a little bit. And I will say I do understand the complaints because I started to understand it towards the end. Um, I do wish there was a little bit more dragon integration into it. A big puppet would have been cool. And the split ending does kind of shorten the house. I love it. Flaws and all uh, my beautiful uh, cellulite dragons. (laughs) 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 Number two two, for me. This is where I have the darkest deal. Yes. Yep. Kind of figured. Kind of knew what your number one was. Which means everyone's figured out mine. I think I kind of blew the lead when I said I actually risked missing my last run of monsters. Did you give your number two? I'm about to say that. Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody because I I did say I I risked losing my last run through monsters by going to this house. And that was was Blood Moon. Blood Moon. That's such a good house. I love that house. Yeah. That is one of those houses that people are going to have at their number one position for <laughs> years to come. Even though it's not my number one, I think it is the house I miss most this year. No, it's over. Good call. And it also kind of set us up perfectly for Thanksgiving. It was the Thanksgiving <laughs> house yeah. this year. Human cornucopias, faces gutted out. This it was is great. true, yes. Oh, yeah. let, I'll, go, I'll talk about it after this. And then number one, since we both haven't mentioned a certain house, it's uh, Universal Monsters yep. Unmasked. Yep. I don't think that surprises anybody. We look catacombs is a creature of habit. Unless you are a house (laughs) called legends collide. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We love our monsters. What can we say? At least we're honest with ourselves. I do want to say something about house design this year. And actually universal monsters and blood moon are both good examples of this. You think you would think at this point, collectively between the two of us having as many years of experience as we had that we would still not be fooled by mirror windows but somehow they managed to probably do the best mirror or not mirror windows mirror walls they probably did the best mirror hidden characters in collectively ever this year there was 
so many mirror walls I didn't know were there until this character came out at me. It was they it was really well done. That's an like I said, an effect you think you'd pick up on by now. Nope. Fooled me every freaking time first run through. It was awesome. Completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so much to talk about and break down. We could honestly do one for eight of these houses yeah, right, here, yeah. uh, and go through it. Or at least three of them, I think we would we would willingly and happily jump on. But the point being is there were so many little things that just came together to make all these houses so memorable. And um, it was fun seeing HHN incorporate some old tricks in new and exciting ways. Yeah. Yeah, great year. I had so much fun. I went so many damn times. <laughs> I, I, I think it was probably the least amount I drank this year, only because I had my priorities was to get houses done. It wasn't that I was trying not to. Um, uh, there wasn't a lot of standing around for me this year, and that's why I didn't eat as as many foods either because I just really wanted to get. I I I I wanted to get to so many of these houses so many times. It was this is one of the best years I've had. In a long time, like even before the pandemic. So I was just, I was so thrilled. It, I hate to even be this kind of mindset that it always makes me worry for the next year, but it really hasn't that much because it's, it's been so much to look back on and enjoy this year. Next year will be whatever it is. We'll find out soon enough. Time, time flies, but this was, this was an awesome year. I, I had so much fun. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, maybe it's because it's the holiday season. I'm feeling uh, sentimental, but thank you, Matt, for making this a, a great HHN season. I genuinely enjoyed spending a majority of my nights yeah, hanging out with you and yep. Gary and Molly and Raina and everybody else that could stop by and hang out. We had such a great, consistent HHN group uh, this year, and we had just had a wonderful time every single night you know house runs you know some are better than others yeah. and you know it always changes and you know maybe you had a bad interaction with another guest or whatever but i never stopped having just great nights yeah. every single night this year and a lot of that was due to the people we went with so it, shout I, out to everyone i think we we ended did we not end our go to our last house with the same people who went through our first house with, or am I remembering that wrong? I want to say, yeah, you're I think probably we did. right. And that yeah. made that run just that much more special. That run was the best that there's, there was no better run for me than that last run. I, I, I think about that a lot still months later and still will. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. If this is your first time checking out the show, welcome. We greatly appreciate you. Catacombs is uh, one of the longest standing HHN podcasts. And uh, look, Matt, Quince, Karen all put in tons of work before I showed up. <laughs> so if you want to hear more about Dr. Oddfellow or the history and legacy of HHN, Go check out the backlogs. There is so much for you to check out. Reviews of every single house, uh, every scare zone, shows, icons. It's all there, and it's so awesome, and you definitely need to go back and check it out. If you were a long-term listener of the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, thank you for being here. We always appreciate you guys showing up and always being so excited when we post a new episode. Uh, catacombs is in an awesome spot where i won't even apologize for it catacombs records uh when we have new exciting things for you guys and yes we do have some great ideas that we weren't able to hash out this year but 
a new year is right around the corner and i know matt and i are both really excited to get out more episodes of catacombs for you guys next year yeah uh yep <laughs> you, you've you summed it up best i can't really add to that so yeah i always enjoy when we get to record it's not as frequent as it was but what it is it's always fun because it's one of my favorite things to talk about and i don't know that that'll ever change in my whole life and that's a good thing yeah absolutely and look hhn32 thank you for revitalizing the fire underneath uh matt and i respectively for just helping us fall back and not that we you know we were ever going to turn our back on the event or anything like that but just it was so nice to have a full event year um full of life and excitement and just having a great spooky time this year so anybody who contributed to hhn32 whether that's cast whether that's crew design whoever out there is listening to the episode thank you for making our halloween season very special and we want to wish you a happy holiday season all right. Well, Matt, it's the holiday season, so I, I don't know about you. My my show on the network, Neozaz, right here. Neozaz, yes. how fun. Um, Horrors from the Vault is on a little bit of a holiday break, but uh, besides that, what's going on over with the network right now? Oh, we are very upset right now. I don't know if you've seen the news, but the next season of what we say or what we do in the shadows is going to be their final season, which means what we say in the shadows is going to be in its final season in 2024. We were hoping to do the show forever because that would have meant there was what we say or we're doing the shadows forever. But so we're a little sad today. But other than that, we've got our God, just I don't know what you are the 31st, 32nd series we have. We have so much going on. It's what I, the best way my elevator pitch is if you have a interest in pop culture, we either have a series or at least a special on it. So come over to newsaz.com, check it out. And I I hope to say I I like to say I hope there's something you'll you'll like in there apart from Halloween Harnets, because apparently you like that you're listening to this. So newsaz.com. That's the place to find everything we've done for going on our 13th year now. Awesome. And I'm not plugging this because I, you guys can do anything about it, but Matt and I are going to go get fat off some German sausages in like two days, <laughs> yes, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> That's going to be a good night. Yeah. Oh, I already looked at their menu I, again. I haven't been there in a while. I went, oh, man, I forgot all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll tell you where we're going. We're not telling you when we're going, but <laughs> there is an awesome German restaurant in Sanford, which is a little outside of Orlando, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. But it's called Hollerbox, and it is the fucking bomb. And I cannot wait to eat some of the the mashed potatoes with the apples in it. Oh my god, it's incredible! Yeah, um, they have a, I guess it's a charcuterie Bavarian pretzel with a bunch of German meats and stuff. You already know we're gonna be there. Yeah, that's the thing I'm looking forward to most, apart from the the German imports they have on draft too, which are never on draft anywhere else. So yeah, it's gonna be a, a good night and a bad morning. Your wife, the unofficial pretzel queen of the Central Florida area, would not allow you to leave without ordering it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be right there with you. But uh, if you want to keep up with me, the best place to do so, you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Discount Vincent Price. Um, a couple of you still tag me on Twitter, which I think is very sweet, but I only see it when the email reminders come in yeah. because I... <laughs> I saw what was coming and I bailed on Twitter uh, at the very beginning of this year, January 1st. So 
Um, I still pop in and try to like some stuff when you guys tag me, but I am not on the platform anymore. Instagram's pretty much the only spot you can find me besides Letterboxd because I do love movies. You can keep up with me over there. Besides that, I my Christmas wish this year is... I want to see more people check out Horrors from the Vault. If you have not gone and checked it out, uh, it's right here on the NeoZaz Podcast Network. Like I said, we're on a holiday break, but there's lots of new episodes for you to check out. It is a weekly retrospective series focused on the Tales from the Crypt franchise, which, of course, has the Halloween Horror Nights tie-in. I mean, heck, the Crypt Keeper was one of the first HHN icons in a really fun way. Even had his own house. Go check that out on an old episode of Catacombs. But then check out Horrors from the Vault. We've been looking back at each episode in uh, air date order, so chronological <laughs> order. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there yeah, was yeah. some confusion. I'm like, oh, wait. oh no. Air okay, and then you said yeah, it right yeah, out. Yeah. Air date. I'm like, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're covering it. All my cover artwork now. <laughs> We're, we're covering it in full, and that's been really fun with two of my friends, Dan and Preston. You can also find me on Grim Grinning Hosts. We just uploaded a Christmas Wish special, which is super awesome. And then there will also be uh, one of our favorite episodes of the year, five pop culture moments that made us really happy this year. If you're a fat ass like me, you know Grimace's birthday is on the list, and <laughs> hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you all again for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights. We're looking forward to celebrating HHN past and future with you coming into the new year. So, hey, for Matt, myself, and anybody who's ever been involved with Catacombs, uh, we want to wish you a happy holiday, a happy new year, and we'll be back applying the scaries. Um, huff on some fo- fear, fuck you in the ass. I don't know how to... <laughs> I am not huffing yeah. on any fog machines. That was too much fog this year, and it hurt my too, it hurt my, my sensitive too lungs. Too much fog. Well, hey, uh, so we'll smell you at Finns. <laughs> what, what's the actual outro? State, state, what isn't it? State, stay foggy. foggy. Stay foggy. Stay foggy. Spooky. That's that's grim grinning us. Stay foggy. My God, how long has it been since we record? Seven years. A minute. This is kind of our uh, Scrooge monologue. Yeah, um, I mean, we had an unofficial this. vote, and Ash from RIP was the only guy to vote, and he said we have to use "Stay Foggy." So that's that's it. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright Universal Studios or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.